are they trying to say that an ice cream soda is like an egg cream? Maybe. Hello and welcome to episode 184 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always. The man, the myth, he was born on Amundi. Alessandro Bielsi, say hello, Al. Going with Solomon Grundy over Bane is a choice. <laughs> this week's episode, we've got Murderville, the Halo trailer, the Fast and the Momoa, all before diving into our flick of the week, the Long Halloween parts one and two. But first, Al. What are we drinking? I'm going to break the trend here. We're going to go right into beer talk. We're drinking right. Yonkers Buena Vista Brown. It's rich and malty with layers of chocolate, toffee, coffee, toasted bread, <laughs> and a nuttiness ah. reminiscent ah. of black walnuts. <laughs> First off, I feel like they're out to get you with that tongue twister. My goodness. What? Chocolate, toffee, coffee? <laughs> chocolate, toffee, coffee. Co- See, I can't do it. Chocolate, toffee, coffee, toasted bread. And nuttiness. Chocolate, toffee, coffee, toasted bread. I can't do it. It's my brain stops. I don't remember which beer it was we did a while ago that was something like this, a brown or a um or a porter or something like that. And it definitely described it as I, I always remember because it reminded me of um uh Wolf Frazier who does the uh color analysis for um for uh the the Knicks on MSG. And he always likes to do stuff like, you know, he's um shaking and bacon or he's um he's he's like (sighs) roasting and toasting or something like that and there was one that was like (laughs) roasty toasty malts or something like that and i was like i thought i remember thinking of clyde during that (laughs) i I love chocolate toffee coffee i i mean the first thing i noticed when i cracked this beer was the scent it was unreal like i was really i was really excited about it i have a couple questions before we taste this no no before we get there's a little there's a little blurb let me get the blurb like any other great idea, Yonkers Brewing Company was thought of with a beer in hand. Our commitment to honor, innovation, and love for good beer, and our hometown, can be found in every sip. So breathe easy, drink responsibly, and enjoy our quality brews. Yeah, now, yeah. now please continue. Uh, a couple things. First off, I grabbed the beer from the fridge and left immediately, because I, all I could think of was the line from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. You look like a member of the Buena Vista Social Club. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that line. <laughs> it's uh, when... Uh, oh, is when he's wearing, wearing the, the fedora, when, when yeah. they go out for, like, the rebound? Okay, yeah. Is, is she coming this way? Yeah. I wish I wasn't wearing this fucking shirt. <laughs> 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 uh, that's one. Two, does your, can you hold your cam up to the camera, please? Uh, text facing me. A little higher. Okay, I'm getting a weird, I don't know, uh, maybe the label's a little crooked. There's two things going on with mine. First, the label's a little crooked, so it's, it's, it's tripping me out. The words are, like, wavy. Okay. And I don't think they're supposed to be. We Two, talked about this a couple weeks ago with uh, Newburgh Beer. Yeah, I think it was a similar thing. There's so much going on, and it's also, the label is definitely not straight because it's higher on one side than the other. But the thing that's really bothering me here is the uh, there's, there's like a gash through the word brown, and I thought maybe it was part of the design. But uh, it actually no. looks like somebody like nicked it with a razor blade. Yeah, and, uh, I think that must be damaged to your can. Yeah, I'm realizing now the Buena is a little bit funky because... It's like Buena. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's two things. One, you're right. The label is ever so slightly off kilter. But two, they like... The bump. Cinch, they cinch it tight on like the bevel 
And yeah. so it like it has the impression of it like getting like stretched and squeezed at the top, like Yeah, and then but it's also got this like a wavy look to it. Like if you're if you're at home and you need to visualize this, just think Wayne's world. That's how it looks to me. <laughs> okay. Uh my beer has finally settled down slightly, I think. I whoa, can whoa, whoa. Get a sip. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can get a sip out of it. I can literally smell it from over here. Like my beer is sitting it's around so good. Like if I put my arms out to the side where my left elbow would be is like the distance it is from my face. And every time I turn in that direction, I catch it like wafting over towards me. Man, it is a yeah, it's nice. It's, it's nice. I'm, I'm, it, I'm pretty excited about this one. It, it's the chocolate toffee coffee. I'm really I'm really I feel like I'm setting myself up for failure. This has happened to us maybe a few weeks ago. Where I feel like where there was one beer that smelled really, really good. And I went to take a sip of it and I got zero. <laughs> yeah, I forget which beer that was. Also, it's very upsetting. I, what is I, I can't imagine that toasted bread sneaks past chocolate toffee and coffee, let alone a nuttiness reminiscent of black walnuts. Yeah. Are there other are there other types of walnuts? Brown. Is it conventional? Is it conventional walnut? Conventional walnut's not a black walnut. Well, I don't know. I I don't know if it was like one of those things where it's called a black walnut for like some reason inside of it that I don't know. Like, what is? I have we have to Google this. I'm pretty sure black walnuts are its own thing that almost look like like the shells are like chocolate, aren't they? Maybe. What is a black walnut? Black walnut. Yeah, I was right. I'm looking at a black walnut. Oh, okay. now. It looks like it's like it looks like it's chocolate, but it's clearly a walnut. Hold the phone. This is crazy. What? Do you see the picture of what is around the black walnut? Yes. That's crazy. What, that tennis ball? That tennis ball, though. I'm going to go to a Dix of Sporting Goods and be severely disappointed when I crack open <laughs> the tube and I don't have any walnuts in there. Um, that's really that's really cool. Uh, so, wait, so the other one's a brown walnut? Well, I mean, I don't know what the, like, like the generic, if you buy, like, whole walnuts in yeah. the store, I don't know what that specific, like, subsection of walnuts called, but that's what I think of as, like, the conventional walnut. I've seen the black walnut before. I've never, like, held one in my hand or eaten it, like, but I, I know I've seen a picture of it before today, so. Hmm. Walnut. English walnuts? Sure. Why not? I'm seeing, I'm looking at a picture right now of somebody that went, like, like way hard and managed to like crack the walnut and get all of the pieces out of it. So that the nut meat for lack of a better word is all connected still. And it looks real fun. I've done that before. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I I've, I've cracked the walnut in my hand. Yeah. I've done that. I, we used to have on Thanksgiving. Um, we always had like fresh, well, fresh nuts that were recently toasted in the oven. Like that you can yeah. crack. Eat. Yeah, we do that and, all the time. My mom does yeah. it on holidays. And uh No, I meant uh, like I literally that. I literally cracked one with my hand. Eh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you you have it enough years in a row, you start to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> it started off with uh I used to crack other nuts with the walnut by squeezing them together. Yeah. And then it got to like how hard <laughs> do I have to squeeze this until I could break it myself? And uh was able to get, get able to get through it with the walnut, not so much the almond. Okay. Razzle nut, get out of here. That thing, impossible. Impenetrable. Well, the, first of all, did you call it a brazzle nut? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
Second of all, yeah. Well, the problem is because it's so like slim, and also mm. because there is like zero separation between like shell and nut. Actually, technically, yeah, nut, it's a seed, right? I think so. What stupid movie or show was it? Yeah, that made a big deal. You know what other nut is nut? <laughs> nut. <laughs> What's that what from? What is that? I can picture the doofus I, saying it too. I know, I can too, and I can't remember what it's from. Um, but yeah, no, it's wait, isn't that I, from Friends? I I don't remember. I I just can picture like some guy trying to impress a bunch of people at like a social gathering by explaining that a Brazil nut's actually a seed. Uh, I'm gonna see movie quote Brazil nut movie quote Brazil nut. I'm just gotta we gotta be able to. Oh my god. It is friends. Okay. And was it Ross? Oh uh by the way, the answer is the Brazil nut. <laughs> that was uh, it was somebody somebody was dating. Okay. I don't remember. He was he was a total bore. But my goodness, what a pull. What a what a random thing for you to remember, specifically since you're not like a friends. Not even remotely. <laughs> That's a if you if you were able to actually remember the line, that would have rivaled Asta Lasagna and Okani Anya. <laughs> oh man. Good stuff. I'll try this beer. I do. I very much do. It's it smells so delightful. Cheers, sir. Cheers. My God. I definitely taste okay. chocolate. What'd you say? So I definitely taste chocolate. I definitely taste the Yonkers. <laughs> <laughs> it says it's in every glass. <laughs> Listen, I've been to Yonkers many times. My sister lives there, and it tastes like what I smell when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carly. Hey, this, this, is, this is nice. Hang on one second, though. I like against all odds. I taste the chocolate and the coffee and the toffee. I taste what. I, I wouldn't be able to call it a black walnut because I don't know that I've ever had one yes, specifically. There's that, but I taste walnuts. There's that weird... I don't know how to describe that aftertaste that walnut leaves in your mouth after you eat it. Mm. But that's here after I've sipped this beer. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the wet walnut ice cream topping. I'm not familiar with this. Oh my goodness. Ow. Alright, you're coming over. We're going to the ice cream parlor. We're getting one ice cream soda, <laughs> one ice cream float, one soft serve vanilla ice cream with wet walnuts, because my goodness, did you try this? One spider. <laughs> and now the next question for you, what is a malt? This is a little bit behind the scenes, because I don't know how much of that conversation is going to actually make it into the cut of the episode, but Alan and I had this long conversation about ice cream floats and ice cream sodas, and what separates the two. <laughs> And we still don't really know. We have a theory. We have a theory. Would you like to share the theory? So based on what Anthony was describing when he was reading that, you know, what is an ice cream soda versus an ice cream float? It said that the terms can be kind of used interchangeably and it can be used to refer to either soda and ice cream or syrup and carbonated water and ice cream. And so my speculation was that a pre-bottled root beer with soda would be the like the root beer float. Sorry, yeah, yeah. The pre-bottled root beer with the with the ice cream would be the root beer float, whereas the ice cream soda might be the ice cream with like a fountain dispensed soda because those come mixed. It's at the point of pouring is where the carbonated water and the syrup 
are mixed. So they uh, do. For, it is a different substance, basically. There is there is a difference. I will say that sometimes it just takes rephrasing your Google search. Same exact words, slightly yes. different order. Okay. Better result. In the United States, an ice cream soda typically refers to the drink containing soda water, syrup, and ice cream, whereas a float is generally ice cream in a soft drink. Okay. So there we go. We're right. We're yes. absolutely right about it. Uh, what is a malt? <laughs> I don't, not now that we've changed what this show is about entirely. Um, I well, because it's usually like what, like malted milkshake, right? Like, yeah. isn't it like? Milk and or ice cream and or again, I think it might be like that, like mixed soda and water or, you know, like the soda and syrup thing. I don't know, because the uh... that's something a soda jerk would pour for you, right? A malt <laughs> like so. roughly 80 years ago. <laughs> I think so. I do know the ice cream parlor that I'm taking you to for the wet walnuts um, under their section that has like shakes and sodas and stuff like that. It says add malt 50 cents. Okay. So, so I assume were... it's just the inside of a Whopper crushed up and <laughs> added to whatever drink you have. So we just had that, what's the difference between ice cream soda versus ice cream float? How about what's the difference between a malt and a milkshake? Hmm. A malted shake, sometimes simply called a malt, is one of those seriously old-timey drinks that is still found at diners and soda fountains. What distinguishes it is malted milk powder. The evaporated powder made from malted barley, wheat flour, and whole milk. It has a toasty, buttery flavor that's just a bit savory. Malted mm. milk powder is blended with ice cream milk and any flavoring like chocolate syrup to create a thick but drinkable shake. A milkshake, however, just cuts out the malted milk powder, and what you have is a classic milkshake. Ice cream, milk, and any additional flavors. It's a well-loved companion to a burger and fries or simply enjoyed alone as a sweet treat. I feel like I can get down with a malt. Yeah, I don't see why not. Are you a Whopper fan? I am. I was gonna say I like multi milk yeah. balls. Yeah, not. I'm not a fan of like the BK Lounge Whopper, but I am a fan of the candy Whoppers. Yes, uh, um, I I always like to um, get those or the the um, the malted milk balls that have like the kind of like candied sugar like um, like um, covering that you get like those the Easter egg ones. The ones that come out like Easter are usually like speckled. Yes. It's a malted milk ball, but not the chocolate covering specifically of the Whopper. It's a slightly different covering. I like right. both of them pretty interchangeably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, I don't think I've had one of those in ages. I used to really like them as a kid, so my mom will grab them for me once in a while at nice. Easter time. Maybe, maybe the last time I had it was in some obscure Easter basket, like back in the day. Remember Easter baskets? Easter baskets. I do. Shit. I get to make Easter baskets again. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm going nice. to load this kid up with candy. Like <laughs> It's going to be great. Can't wait to take him to the movies. Uh, that was Ice Cream Soda talk for this week. Uh, this beer is delicious. I'm going three thuckles. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, th- I like three. Um, I We need to find and incorporate more browns and porters on the show. We always talk about it. We need to be the change we want to see in the world. I think, we sh- I think so. And I'm also I'm also ready for it. And I, I say that because I went to um, I went to Maloney's Well, now's the, the time, right? Like, this is the right time. It is. It's year. exactly the right time. I went to Maloney's the other day with Kim and um, got a, the, that's the, the, I think I've taken you there, the place at the block for me that has like 100 beers on tap. Yes, we went there once when Kim was out. You and me went, and I, I'm constantly looking for like um, they they always have a good 
IPA list. It's like a bunch of breweries that I like that are far away that I can get fresh on tap, which is nice. And I realized as I was reading through them, like, I, I think I need a break. I've like soured on the flavor a bit, like not that I dislike it or anything, but I'm just like, don't, I'm just like not in the mood for it right now. And that's, that hasn't happened to me before, but like very much so lately, the darkers, like the brown, especially the browns, I've really been enjoying those. Um, I think this in particular is fantastic. I think there are a lot of people who are total slave to the IPA. Mm. That's fine. I I love IPAs as much as anyone really, but I definitely go through phases and, and some of it, um, in the past has been guided by like, I'll go on a kick where like, that's basically all I drink for like three or six months. And then like, I kind of get tired of it and I'm looking for something else. So I, I have better balance where I don't get um, like totally tired out by it anymore, where I just try and something different, like every time or try and pair it well with what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Um, although I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone, my beer consumption the last few years has gone way down. Mm. I, um, I really don't drink beer outside of when we do the show now not because i don't like it just because like well for one i've gotten a little bit more diversified in what i want to be drinking so like sure with dinner now i more often tend to enjoy wine and like if i want to drink just to have a drink i tend to just drink whiskey or like mm-hmm. a manhattan um i kind of restrict the beer to like this or like well honestly most of the time i used to not drink too much beer at all on the weekend, except for during the football season. Even that has gone down because my dad and my brother have hijacked my Sundays and try and get me fucking drunk on Manhattans or whatever cocktails for like all day. And it's like, nice. no, no, I just want to drink some beers and watch football. And you've just poured me my fourth cocktail. That's, <laughs> like, that's is, too much. This is getting <laughs> irresponsible at this point, but <laughs> I'm not driving. So I'm sure. not going to turn down the cocktail that you're trying to hand me. Like, it's just not sure. going to happen. Um, but I, I mean, I still love beer. I just, I, I don't drink it as often unless I'm drinking with someone or like if I go out to dinner for like a burger, like I'm going to yeah, have yeah. a beer with that. But like, if I go to like a n- nice dinner, like I'm probably going to have wine with that. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I don't, I generally don't drink much if, if at all, like on a weeknight. Like, so this is, this is my weeknight drink. This is this beer that I have with you. Then, oh no! Like tomorrow night, though, there's a fifty-fifty chance I have a glass of wine with dinner. Like, oh uh, sure, that, that that's cool. I yeah, we we did one for a while, um, but we kind of like fell. Obviously, we fell out of the habit of having that stuff. Like when Kim was like, I would have a glass of wine with Kim while I was making dinner, right? So yeah. then when Kim wasn't able to drink for nine months, I didn't. <laughs> that was like I just didn't want it, and then we just didn't get back into having it. Uh, so, but we've been getting into the ritual of doing a Friday evening cocktail after work. Which has been nice. A little wind down, getting ready for the weekend, have a cocktail, hang out with the little guy, put him down, make some dinner, maybe have another drink. Mm-hmm. Um, looking, for, trying to get a, trying to get a, a movie and popcorn in during the weekends now too. Nice, nice. Something, something I, I very much enjoy. I mean, most times for the last several weeks, I've been watching a movie on Friday night as well. A lot of times I'll watch it with like my family. More on that during consumption because I have a new movie that I watched this mm. past weekend with the family that was. An experience. <laughs> oh boy. Well, positive one, but it was just okay. more, more, more on that later. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so we're three tackles deep, and wow, uh, there's a little bit of an interesting residue on the bottom of my beer. Do you have anything like that? Um, yeah, I guess a little bit. It looks like dust. 
<laughs> kind of looks like sawdust. I don't know what it I'm, is. I mean, I'm sure it's just sediment that's sure. settled out and fallen down. Sure. But uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, I do taste, the more the more I focus on it, I do taste, I can, I feel like I can taste all of those things. I don't taste the toasted bread, I gotta be honest. I, so, weirdly, I had bread today that bread this reminds oven? me of. What did you say? I did not have bread in the oven. Bread in the toaster. <laughs> I did have bread in the toaster. We have this bread that Kim grabbed. Um, we don't really keep bread in the house, so like, like she'll find like something either gluten-free or like um, the occasional like loaf of bread that has like good quality ingredients in it. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those. I don't even know the brand. I don't know what it is. Um, but toasted it for a sand- for an egg salad sandwich that I made. And now all I can <sighs> think about is forty year old version when he's talking about how he's got all the stuff to make egg salad and you know, I mean like a bunch of eggs, like a dozen eggs and all the accoutrement. And I put it together and the parsley and the paprika and then I was done and uh, I realized I don't, I don't really want egg salad. <laughs> but anyway, I made that, and there's a there's like this bread has like a certain tackiness and like a sweetness to it, and okay. that sweetness I can taste in this. So maybe that's like whatever that whatever bread sweet is. I mean, I it's can. probably sugar and or yeast or whatever. Yeah, but it's a very specific. Like I feel like if you if you just take a piece of toast. And you let it sit in your mouth, and you let it like mush. The sweetness that comes off of that, I feel like you can taste in there, or I can this taste remi- in there. This reminds me of a few years ago. I used to have a subscription to oh, fuck. What was that beer? There's this beer magazine that I had a subscription to. Sorry, I, I I really thought you were about to go. I thought this was like a long con, and you were going to be like, I used to have the subscription to. Uh, uh, I give a fuck. <laughs> oh, and then I wow. thought you were going to move on to <laughs> Jesus Christ, listen I, I've i had my savage moments, but never quite like that No, well the problem is I kind of looked off into the distance because I know Dominic Has one somewhere around it. here Somewhere around here in the apartment He has one of those magazines But okay. I, it could it could easily take me 45 minutes to find it So I'm not going to do that um, I, I just don't remember the name of it It's like a very popular famous like um, Beer magazine because it has stories about all different sorts of craft beer homemade you know like actual commercial craft beer like all that sort of stuff but a lot of it's about like home brewing too and but like it has stories from around the world and stuff which i found really cool and there was a story about this brewery in london and they were like you know what i like about a lot of these like craft breweries is they have like kind of a mission and so theirs was that they really hated how much food waste there was and they were able to come to agreement with a bunch of restaurants in london to give them to give them their stale bread at the end of the day rather than throw it out and so they committed to using a certain amount of that i think that they were giving away to homeless shelters as well as a certain amount of it they were using to brew beer those literally they were brewing a bread beer that like you can't the whole body of the beer can't be made of bread because you need some of what comes with malted barley itself you need some Mm -hmm. of like the enzymes and all that stuff to actually successfully but a certain portion of the grain bill was actually like crumbled up toasted bread that literally like (laughs) yeah and like it it like (laughs) It imparted an actual bread-like flavor. Like they were making like a very like light basic beers that 
where like the bread flavor would come through in because it's very subtle. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they were donating a good amount of it too, which I like that whole thing together sounded like it was like a really cool and inventive way to, to give back as well as to make like a cool product. That's, I, I that's, really listen. That's pretty awesome. And anytime you tell me a story like this, all I can think about is uh, an idea for a beer when we open a brewery. And what yes. we do is we have a beer that we brew in a similar fashion with bread, with lactose, and we call it the vegan meatball. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start writing these down <laughs> for when we when we inevitably open. Uh, is the magazine called All About Beer? No. Draft. Brew no. your own. Decibel. That one. No. Brew your own. Brew your own. <laughs> cool. That's I, I googled beer magazines. <laughs> yeah, I could. List. I just. Feel, I was just totally drawing a blank on it. That's what I'm here for. Do you ever? Did you subscribe? To, I mean, that you said that was Dominic's magazine, right? Did you subscribe mm-hmm. to any magazines as a kid? Well, no, I've been mean, saying like that was I had that subscription for several years and oh, like, Dominic got one for free. It's like a six month subscription. So I know I saw a couple of them kicking around. I had um, a subscription for several years and I think I had like a situation where like my card like expired and I never like gave them my new card to reactivate. It was like, oh, like, I'll get around to it. And I just kind of fell by the wayside. But uh, I really liked it. It was a really cool subscription. I probably should get back to, but I also haven't brewed a beer in like over a year because I still been too lazy to fix the broken piece of my thing, which is stupid. I've been thinking about it a lot actually the last couple of weeks. So I'm probably going to get to that finally. Hopefully it's broken. Uh, just part of my, one of the very crucial parts of my, uh, my brew setup <laughs> is Got broken. It. It's just some tubing that is in like the mash ton. So I, I, I it's I literally can't do it without fixing this. So gotcha. How to break um, usage? Carelessness? No, oh. not my carelessness. Uh, so. I'm I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, good good stuff. Let's uh, let's get into some news and nuggets, shall we? Sure. What is going on in the world? Of entertainment. So, you seemed particularly excited by this story when I mentioned it before we got on air. So, let's talk about the fact that Jason Momoa is in talks to join Vin Diesel in Fast and the Furious 10. I'm so pumped. This is from several uh, days ago. This is on The Hollywood Reporter. Um, Diesel versus Momoa, what more do you want? The 10th installment of Universal's Fast and Furious action movie series is getting an infusion of muscle. Jason Momoa is in final negotiations to join Vin Diesel and the rest of the starry ensemble cast in what is being called Fast and Furious 10 as a working title. And while plot details are being muffled, the Aquaman actor could be one of the film's villains. Universal had no comment. Justin Lin, who returned to the franchise with 2021's F9, The Fast Saga. Did that get retitled as F9 The Fast Saga? I know. I think it was... I think the Fast Saga was always, like, the tagline, and then somehow it just got consumed by the title. I mean, isn't that kind of what happened with Live, Die, Repeat? That was more of a, uh, of like, a, a marketing conundrum, I think, where, like, they couldn't call it that anymore. They couldn't call it Edge of Tomorrow, because that was, like, a, a property with a license of some sort. Was it? I think so. There was, like, there was, like, some legit legal issue with the title of it that they had to change it. I never knew that. I'm just saying, like, again, like, Live, Die, Repeat was like the tagline and it became yeah. the title yep. eventually. It became like, the title. Way down the line. Somebody was well, like, I thought, oh, we, we can't use the title that we have? I'm not thinking any further about this. Just move that line of text up. <laughs> the way they... Honestly, Live, Die, Repeat's not a great title, but it was a good tagline. Um, yeah. And also, though, I feel like I recall at that time that 
the it was like couched as like they were rebranding it that because they might do a sequel, but then they never did, or is that just a long gestating project? I have no idea. Okay. Well, regardless, um, Justin Lin is back in the director's chair. Uh, longtime stars Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Chris Ludacris Bridges, and Song Kang are also returning for the tenth installment. Charlize Theron, who first appeared in the eighth film, The Fate of the Furious, and Return for F Nine, is also expected to be back. Spoiler Imagine so, based on the ending of that of that movie. Uh, I still haven't seen it, so. Oh, I forgot. We yeah, I, that it's it's. I forgot that we didn't do that movie because it was so unique. <laughs> yeah, well, it happened a couple of times, right? And that was, there was a couple of movies that we didn't get to, and then the long hiatus meant that we never had a chance to get back to it. <laughs> the so long hiatus part one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't know if we can survive another hiatus just yet. I think we may have to wait on the next hiatus. I would assume part two is going to come in like another year or two. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Diesel wanted Dwayne Johnson, who appeared in the fifth through eighth films, as well as spinoff Hobbs and Shaw, to return to the franchise after skipping F9 and courted him both privately and publicly, the latter via social media. After a November Instagram post where Diesel pleaded for the former WWE star to come back, Johnson said in a December interview that there was, quote, no chance, unquote, of that, calling Diesel manipulative. The search was then on to find someone who could fill the needed quotient of star and muscle power. However, because the script is still a work in progress, it's unclear whether Momoa's part is protagonistic or antagonistic in nature, or perhaps even both. What if they just... What if they just replace Hobbs? What if it's a recast? <laughs> um, and nobody addresses it except for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I uh, I have a, there was another paragraph here that was kind of throwing me off while you were pitching that. In recent years, the Fast movies have stayed stayed pumped and relevant. Not only by amping up the scale of the stunts, but by beefing up the call sheet with turns by Theron, Johnson, Jason Statham, and John Cena, even throwing Helen Mirren into the mix. Damn straight. What is that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Not as it's bad as that so sentence bizarre. from a couple- it, it, to think about that series and its origin. It's so bizarre to think of that sentence, but yes, also that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love how <laughs> off the wall it is. They used to they used to steal DVD players. Yeah, they used to steal DVD players. Now they're right. they're concerning themselves DVD with, players with souped up Honda Civics. They're concerning themselves with like stealth subs and shit now, like doomsday yeah. devices. I don't understand. I just love that it was like a like in the world of the Fast and the Furious that was a natural progression without batting an eyelash. <laughs> they used to be really concerned with. Uh, one trucker with one shotgun. Yeah. In the ninth movie, some members go to space. <laughs> yeah. In the eighth movie, Vin Diesel... No, not Vin Diesel, sorry. Um, the Rock grabs a torpedo and throws it. That's right. They used to be worried about a trucker with a shotgun. He gives it a nudge. It was like, things were so much more serious in the first in the first movie. Remember, like, that yeah. one guy died in, like, a drive-by shooting. Like, that was intense. The... The DVD players and Trucker with Shotgun were much higher stakes. Yeah. Yep. My goodness. The entire movie was about getting laid and driving fast. Yeah. One of the things we know is... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. 
I uh, I'm I'm all in on Jason Momoa being in a Fast and Furious movie. Like he he brings like Grumpus. childlike excitement, energy to everything that he's yes. in, and he seems to appreciate like everything that's going on in his life all the time. But this can only have a good impact on the series. I hope it has a good impact on him. He seems like he's kind of sad lately. Oh, is he? Well, I think that's him sad. and that makes me Lisa sad. Bonet broke up, right? So I don't know. I'm ninety five percent sure. <laughs> I don't even know. Who, I don't know who that is. Um, so Zoe Kravitz's mom. Right, 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 right. I forgot there was like a whole thing there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jason. Like, I just hope that like, you know, it's going to be like one of those things where like, I love Jason Momo. I just like, hope it's like not going to turn into like one of those things where like, oh, well, now we can't like him anymore. You know how that that seems to be like that was like the theme of the last like five years. I don't know that. Uh, trust me, I'm farthest from knowing all the details of celebrity drama like that. It didn't sound like any one person wronged the other from what I vaguely heard in the public light. I think it just it's probably one of those things that was inevitable because I feel like she's like a lot older than him. And those mm. couples don't work out when one of them is like a lot older. Sure. I mean, hell, there's a lot of Hollywood couples that don't work out, period. But they had been together for a while, so I don't I don't know. Fair, fair enough. Well, I look forward to seeing you in f- f- 10. <laughs> <laughs> well i i'm also con- the 10th movie <laughs> i'm really confused why couldn't it be the fast saga colon f9 why was it f9 cola the fast saga i that's weird to have that as the subheading of the title is that the only movie that's the saga that they do they totally like spin a wheel at this point please hire me i really i'm not that expensive we six figures i don't need an alien at the end of the number six figures an alien. I will help you do better with the titles and the branding. You can handle the marketing. I'll do it for the glory. <laughs> I'm sure we can. No, I, I just was the, the ninth one we, we thought they were going to be. No, <laughs> Fast was... Nine Furious. Oh, yeah, Fast <laughs> Nine Furious. That's right. <laughs> Listen, I just want to be a thousand there. Give me something with six figures. <laughs> sure, sure. Oh, my goodness. My my word, uh, that Murderville trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. Pretty excited about that. It looks. What I'm excited about more so is that we're leaning all in that everybody's on script except for the, um, yeah, the celebrity I think, guest. Yeah, kind of. I thought at first it kind of the way it was, and maybe I, I just misremembering, but it sounded like it was going to be like only Will Arnett was on script. But yeah, it feels like everyone except for the guest star is on script, which is fantastic. And I also hope. Like, I thought, what we had said last week was, like, I hope that this leads to that every episode has a great blooper reel, like, in the credits. But I'm it sure seems like they're right. just leaving in the breaks. Well, certainly some of them, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so Which is a little bit fantastic. jarring. Yeah. But um, it, it looked pretty funny so far. I'm sure they're saving the best laughs for the show itself, but we got a couple of chuckles in that trailer. Yeah. Um, the one with the, like, the, like just keep tacking on the names. That was, was, it, was it Conan, right? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, what, what's, was, it, was it Annie Murphy's, the one in the bad disguise? Yeah. <laughs> and that, she like, that says the funny. name of the character that she is, and he's like, that's this guy's name that's in the room already. <laughs> what's a, uh, and was it Sharon Stone who had to do the, the German accent? That was, mm-hmm. uh, that was good. <laughs> So I'm excited that comes out tomorrow. Um, tomorrow there was also like uh, Kamal wise. Nanjiani. He was like, you're supposed to gasp now. And he gasped and he goes, that was a gasp. 
Yeah, we're like, that was a weird guess. That was a weird guess. <laughs> That's tomorrow, you said? Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, as of us, us talking, not as of when this episode releases. Sure. February 3rd. Tomorrow, it's likely that we're on the horizon of the third episode, based on the way that I get this show out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's happening, though. We are doing the show, and it is making its way out. We are doing the show. I am finding it confusing like surreal how and when the show we had been on a good run for a few weeks in a row where it was like Monday, oh, yeah. Monday, Monday, Monday. And then we like missed the mark. And now we're, we're like chasing our own tail slightly. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be like a, a two episode drop one day and then we'll be back on track. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's, it's really mostly fine. The only thing that probably gets thrown off by this is the Bobus feature fit. Sure. Sure. Everybody's like that happened last week. You dummies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sure did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I didn't realize. I knew it was soon. I didn't even realize even watching the trailer that it was tomorrow. I guess I just didn't retain the, the useful. Well, I remember we talked about it a couple weeks ago. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, it's coming out like in a few weeks. But I felt like it was like, you know, a month or so. And yeah. now it's like it's two days from now. Or That's fantastic. I saw the trailer yesterday. So. So. Uh, there was another trailer that dropped. Correct. I was the Halo trailer. Yes. I love me some Halo. Yes. Looks great. It does. Surprisingly really... great, actually, because like yeah. the first little teaser, I was like, this feels small, and I don't feel that way anymore after this trailer. Yeah, it reminds me... Uh, it's so funny, because like, like, in my memory, it's still not as good-looking as that, like... Uh, uh, who did, who, what's the guy that... <laughs> the IGN? Oh. I thought you were going to talk about the IGN April Fool's trailer. Um, no, no, the, no. The, the, the Neil Blomkamp. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, like when there was that Halo teaser that ended up becoming District 9. Like that, the way that looked was like so practical and so awesome. Um, this is pretty close to that, I feel like. Or maybe it's, it's almost like too much polish being thrown on things. So it like looks maybe it almost makes it look a little bit more fake than that did. But uh, I it ultimately like feels very halo which you gotta nail the aesthetic and the sound design that's all halo um and it seems like they're doing a pretty good job of it maybe 99 percent of a good job uh huge mistake to not have steve Downs do the voice of master chief like it he is the voice of master chief so the thing i wonder about that because we're gonna have to get back to that in the bobus feature fat like that's topic generally mm. but I wonder if, considering we already have seen Master Chief out of his armor in this trailer, if they're going to show us his face more, because that's why you don't do it. Yeah, I guess. Then you have that weird, uh... Did you finish Homeland yet? No. Alright. Not, not really a spoiler for Homeland, but there's a, um... There's a a whole sequence of things. It's like a back in the day. It's, it's Saul as a younger man. Yeah. And he's played by Ben Savage. And name. Uh, Corey Matthews, not Ben Savage, Fred Savage? Ben Savage. Oh. No, it was Ben Savage. Corey Matthews. Okay. Right? That's yes. Fred Savage, That's who played. No, Fred was Wonder Years. Oh, wasn't okay. it? I think, yeah, I think it's Ben. Ben Savage plays young Saul Goodman. Nope. Is that right? Is that his name? No, Saul Goodman is. Nope. That's, that's the other <laughs> Young Kirk. Saul Bernstein. Thank you. <laughs> Woo, I'm all over the place. Plays young Saul Bernstein. Nope. Not Bernstein. That's 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 Frankie. Gets Grace and Frankie. Saul Berenson. 
Young Berenstain. <laughs> For a second there, I thought you were going Berenstain. I was like, no, those are the bears. Berenstain, Berenstain. I used to tell Brian all the time that he looked like a Berenstain bear. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so Saul, young Saul, young Saul is played by, uh, I've completely lost it now. Berenson, Berenson. Young Saul Berenson played by Corey Matthews, who is Ben Savage. And they didn't, like, it's not Ben Savage's voice, it's Mandy Patinkin's voice. Wait, they dubbed old (laughs) Sandy Patinkin over young Ben They do it in such a way that... Pretty much every time he's speaking, the camera's behind him. Oh. Except for like maybe one or two clips where it's like, ah, I don't like that. <laughs> the voice doesn't line up and it's real weird. So, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe that's the case. I don't think that you should be taking his helmet off. Um, It should always be a tease. That's kind of just like the thing. That's fine, but, but it seems like they've already done it. So, yeah. And then um, they, I don't really they have get, strong they get opinions. Porn stash to play him. Publish Reaper. Porn stash. That was his name in Orange is the New Black. I never watched that, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I I still kind of have contended as much as I love Pedro Pascal, it's confusing to me that he was cast as the Mandalorian, considering how little they bothered to have him outside of the helmet yeah. and how little his voice sounds like it once they've modulated it made him sound like he's in because he's so monotone all the time. Like it, yeah. it hardly is even recognizable as Pedro Pascal. It could be anyone. Yeah. I mean I don't object because we love Pedro on this show. It's a pro Pedro podcast. This is a, we are pro Pedro. Pro Pedro Pascal here. Um, <laughs> but it is a little confusing to me as a casting choice overall. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's a long-term plan for his helmet to come off. It seems like we're maybe getting there. Um, sure. I. It's just that is a weird, weirdly long plan. Um, yeah. Again, not objecting, just kind of vaguely confused by it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, it's in almost the like in the in the first season of the Mandalorian when his helmet comes off and he's like like he seems like he's like a deer caught in the headlights. It's almost like he forgot that he was the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh my god, that's me. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where like it's tough when you're doing a video game adaptation, especially where there is room to maybe play with. No, we got to have that voice because it's so iconic. Like you, you couldn't do a Gears of War property without. Um, I totally forget the name of the act, the voice actor, but without that guy voicing Marcus Phoenix, like you, you just can't. It's well, such I, an yeah, his, voice. his name is slipping. Uh, also for me, but uh, yeah, no, I, and that, but that's the thing. Like, uh, like <laughs> the Master Chief is green and that voice, so it is weird. It's just very so, strange. Same thing. There's a, in the fan, the Mass Effect fandom. Like, you can cast whoever you want to be a lot of the characters. But you got to find a way to have Brandon Keener doing the voice of Garrus Vicarian. It's just not the same if you have anyone else doing it. Mm. And I get that you're going to probably want to do that character practical, but I'm sorry, you got to do some dubbing because you need that voice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll get over it. I am glad that we have actual Cortana voice, but like that almost, even that almost makes it more jarring. Even if you did like an impersonation of the voice. So is that that was her? I actually yeah. I haven't had time to look into seeing who. It was a little weird seeing her look like an actual face instead of like a totally computerized like AI. Well, I mean, you're still playing all the Halo games, right? The 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 deeper it gets, the more realistic it looks. Yeah, actually, more on that in the in the what we're consuming. But cool. uh, yes, Halo is on the brain the last few days. Yeah, man, I, uh, I I'm pumped. That's when did they give a date for that? 
Yes, March 24th. Oh, that's soon too. Yes. Not, March is exciting. M- more on the more on the timeline of what we were talking about, like thinking Murderville was. Like yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, like <laughs> near enough where we can get legit excited for it, but still yeah. like we have a minute before it comes out. I'm I'm hoping for a weekly drop on this one. Do we know how that's gonna play? I, I don't know how they're doing mm. it. Mm. I hope so. Finally gonna get my uh my money's worth on Paramount Plus. A service that I pay for for no reason. No, Kim Kim can watches I, can I, can I, can I also get your money's worth on March Sure. <laughs> uh, Kim watches The Bold and the Beautiful, and that's the only way that she can keep up with it, um, because she's not going to watch it every day. Mm. And it's like something that she got hooked on when she was like a long time ago, but she's like so far behind now, I think we're nearing the point where she's probably just going to give up on the show entirely, in which case we're ah, going to cancel it. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of sad, but... We'll see. I mean, I don't know. You this, know happened, this has happened before, and then she catches up, so... Okay. Still, that's... On our stories. It's daunting when that's five episodes a week. How is that a thing? How how is that model a thing? You know what's crazy is I've walked in the room and like while she's been watching it, like maybe like let's say I walked in the room like three times over the span of a year while she was watching it. I'm like, this storyline is still going on. <laughs> I no, I remember that my, my mom used to watch all of the ABC soaps when I was a kid. And so like I remember like growing up like and like they kind of she faded away with her interest on a couple of them and like one of them you know finally ended its run or whatever um but she like kept up with general hospital like until i was still like in high school and i remember like in the summer like or i think it was like she was watching it like during like thanksgiving week or something like that you know where like i was off school and it's like oh like I was like sitting around one day, like doing something, and I was like in the room while she was watching it. I kind of heard what was going on. And like during the summer of like the following like year, right? You know, it's I'm 15 and you know, you don't have anything to do on like July 7th or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I got up late, I'm eating breakfast and like wandering around, whatever. It's like on in the afternoon. I'm like kind of like puttering around the house, not doing anything that day. And I'm like, oh, is whatever his name is still doing this, that, or the other thing? She's like, (laughs) She's like, how do you remember that? I was like, I don't know, but clearly that's still going on. How, how how much time has passed in the last nine months on this show? She's like, I don't know, like eight hours. <laughs> I think I've, I, I think I've, I may have brought this up on the show before, but one thing that really caught me by surprise while she was watching it that really like, it was just such a, it, it such a game changer. It made me, it made me respect so much how much they don't give a shit. And that is the the scene was playing out and the door opens and someone walks in and there's a voiceover. The role of so-and-so will now be played by. And I was like, what is happening on this show? And then I asked Kim a question about a character that I had, something similar, right? Like I had noticed something one time. I asked a question about like this character before and she like very casually without skipping a beat said they aged her up. And I went, I'm sorry. <laughs> What? They're like, yeah, she's an adult now. <laughs> but nobody else has aged further. She's just, for story purposes, she is now the same age as many of the other characters. But still the daughter of that person. <laughs> I can't say that I'm surprised, but that's I've never heard of something like that before. The, the crazy thing to me is, I forget what the name of the actor is, but he was on, he might still be on, or maybe he finally just ended his run on General Hospital. He's been on for like 40 years, or like 35 years. And I'm like, how is that possible? And my mom's like, well, 
you know, he played this guy and then that guy got killed off, but then he came back. Actually, it's weird the overlap between soap operas and, and like comics because mm-hmm. there's people who like die off and then come back and then die off and then come back <laughs> and then they come, they play two roles because they now play the twin brother. Sure. And the, the original one has amnesia and this, that, the other thing. And it's like, so that was how this guy had been on for like 35 years. And it was like, you know, like who like he leaves the show for like three years, but he like, comes back in a dream sequence or something and it's like come on <laughs> it's ridiculous it is funny though i mean they're unapologetic about it so it's pretty great but anyway the halo trailer looked cool which is kind of all i expect from a halo trailer sure can't really can't really expect that more i don't really know i didn't i don't really fully understand like what's going on like is it um is it a canonized story like what's like I don't know, but it sounds like it's supposed to be like because I know Reach kind of passes the baton to reg- like the first Halo, but like not yeah. really a hundred percent directly, right? Because no, at the end does. of the trailer, Re- Reach, Reach ends where Halo One starts. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Well, so but I, so maybe this is going to be passing the baton to Reach then to be passed back because maybe te- yeah. Like, so te- I was thinking something along those lines of like maybe some of those backstories beforehand, like with. Chief with his team and things like that. Because technically, Chief is pulled out of cryo right at the beginning of one, yes. which was right after Reach, obviously. So during the events of Reach, he was in cryo freeze for whatever reason. Right. And um, because at or like, or who knows how long it was? Like, was he just put in it when I don't remember? Like, what the storyline is? Like, was he just put in it when they left? But they they wake him up really soon. Because I don't the know, I always, follow them through the slip space or whatever. I guess yeah. so, but I always get the impression that like he was under for like a bit, like not like forever, but like yeah. you know could have been a year or something or six months or something like that. Like it didn't feel like he was under. Deep, like why would you bother going through the process of freezing him for like a day? You know what I mean? Right. Um. So because well, it was unexpected waking him up. That sure, yeah. but like it still it felt like they had to reorient him, and it's like you you don't need to reorient someone who's been asleep for a week. Yeah. Um. But regardless, in the game's point, defense, that is that is just teaching you how to use the control. <laughs> sure, but like they like it, adhere to it narratively, you know. Sure. So, um, I oh God, uh, if I have I, to play another goddamn Halo game where they're like, look up at the light. It's, no, no, it's twenty twenty two. I know how the joystick works. There should be a checkbox in the beginning of the game. Do you know how a controller works? Yes, we can skip this part. Just play the goddamn cutscene. <laughs> <laughs> Um, ridiculous <laughs> it, it felt like there was there was a piece in the trailer that was indicating that they discovered the existence of the halo ring so it feels like it's not that long before reach but even that's interesting because they pull up on the ring and they're like what the hell is that in halo so like that's why i was like wondering is it just a self-contained story maybe i really don't know i'll have to look into it now i probably because- would take minimal googling effort but i've just decided to drink my beer instead <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's always hard. Like, I feel like we get bogged down in that sometimes. Like, sometimes it provides narrative gold, like Grove's first orchard or Malt's first milkshakes. But sometimes we're going to do this. For more on that, subscribe to our podcast, Experts in (laughs) Amiology. You know, I'm going to surprise you one of these episodes with with three words, two of them that are real and one of them that isn't. I'm going to wait for like a few months because that was that was the uh, the whole like premise behind that. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just this show has been one of those true examples that we joke about all the time. Where it's like, I just truly won't believe it until I see it. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's good. 
I want to have some more fun with Halo. Yeah, I mean, I I'm certainly not rooting against it. Yeah, play play me that theme song. I'm good to go. Play Elio that theme song. Right to bed. It's great. <laughs> I don't know why, but he loves it. <laughs> Which one? Like the flood one, or no? Just the 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 space monks. <laughs> the... Uh, no, I know, but the the flood one, while incredibly creepy to me, hmm. I could see that being kind of soothing to a, a baby. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Cool, man. Uh, I think it's time for what we're consuming. Yes. What are you consuming? You watched some movies this weekend, it sounded like. Uh, I watched a movie this weekend. Did I watch two movies? It's actually kind of... Oh, I did watch two. But You watched one this of them, movie that we're going to do today. I watched this movie on Monday and Tuesday, nice. so not this weekend. This weekend, the first movie I'll mention was one that I have seen before quite a few times, um, but I got to rewatch it re- uh, because... We had a, a little family movie night, and my sister picked it because she had never seen the whole thing, which I was surprised by that she just hadn't happened to encounter it with the many encounter it many times that we've watched it. Uh, we watched "I Love You, Man." Which never, is, uh, never seen it. You said like she's never like watched the movie. Yeah. Like she's seen bits and pieces of it. Oh, I, I guess I had assumed at some point she had seen the whole thing. Get out, so of, get she... out of my get out of my dreams and into my car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I named him Antwar Sadat. Antwar Sadat because he looks like Antwar Sadat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite part is the, the genuine question. Why? Because you're a fan of his policies? No, because he looks like Antwar Sadat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That movie is fantastic. Yes. I That's one I could go back to over and over again. Uh, it's Hank such a Mardukas. quick and easy watch too <laughs> <laughs> I have two best friends Hank Mardukas who I worked with at IBM for 30 years and uh, Robbie of course your best friend is Robbie yes. so. and Hank Mardukas <laughs> I love that Hank is at the wedding at the end yes so good. as the Earl lines just there to show up and wave probably was it, from the crew was it everything that she hoped for she enjoyed it okay Oh, man. But yes, I love that movie so much. Um, it, it's it's chocolate. You're not fucking French. <laughs> funny thing was, M- Mini Diane Kruger. But I was scrolling through the gl- the guide the next day, and I actually saw that it was on one of the movie channels. I didn't put it on, but Chocolat was on one of the movie channels. She's not Mini. She's just really far away. <laughs> <laughs> D- a Mini Diane Kruger is when you get Diane Kruger from a distance. <laughs> is this one of those situations uh, where I put the binoculars on backwards and so it yeah. takes you super far away, but she's actually right? We have plenty of time. <laughs> oh, um, but joke. anyway, that was just one I'll mention because I happened to watch it, but we have watched it and discussed it many times in the past. But what I watched that was new this weekend was Eurovision, the, the oh god story of Fire Saga. I think is what it was called. Stuff like that. Yeah. Did you see it? I didn't. I thought it looked so stupid and bad. Yeah. And it's only one of those two things. No, oh, please say stupid. Yes, it's so stupid. But okay. I actually enjoyed watching it's it. I, I felt like I couldn't put it on because I just, like, I, I knew what I was getting and I, and I didn't want it. I was really concerned because so many of the recent Feral movies just have like that manic flop sweat feeling and not Mm. the comedy to go along with it. Yeah. And 
it wasn't as manic flop sweaty as I feared. And it was funnier than I had anticipated. Um, and him and Rachel McAdams are very weirdly good comedy duo in this movie. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, and there was enough other people around who did a good job as well. But obviously the most of it is the two of them carrying it on their backs, but it's, it's it's pretty funny. I'm not going to put it up with like the classic feral sure. comedies, but it exists pretty well in the next tier of movies, I think. It is really dumb. Yeah. But I did have a a, a good time watching it. It was funny. All right. um, bit, probably that... a smidge too long, but like that's not really the end of the world because at sure. least it keeps the funny going or at least enough that you're interested by like throughout the whole course of the movie. Some of it is incredibly predictable, some including even some of the twists and yet I still really enjoyed it. There's a scene about a third of the way through the movie where I don't want to give anything away too much, but it's like, how are they going to advance the plot now? (laughs) And then I'm like, Oh God, no, they're going to do X. And then 10 seconds later, X happens in spectacular fashion. And I'm like, Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I uh okay. I'll 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 maybe I'll give it a watch. This seems like something that I'll will throw on next time Carly's over. It's a weird cast. Pierce Brosnan plays his dad, and they're both of them are playing Icelandic, like native okay. Icelandic people. Sure. As so is Rachel McAdams. The accents are terrible. Like uniformly terrible. Amazing. Um well, it sounds like you was, enjoyed it though. I'm, I'm glad. No, I did it. It, it was funny. Disaster. No, I was expecting a total disaster, and I had been hearing in recent months. Even uh, actually, like not terribly long after it came out, that it was like kind of good, and I was like, that c- just can't be true. And like finally, I was like, all right, let's just give it a shot, watch it. And I was like, this is legitimately funny. It's it. I'm not gonna say it's a good movie. It is a very dumb movie, but it is quite an entertaining movie. Okay. Um, and uh, also had a random oh my god look at that moment because I was watching with Gianna, and she had gotten up to go into the laundry room to switch laundry like during like kind of like a quiet scene but like the laundry room is like right next yeah. to the family room and i'm like oh my god and she's like what and i was like look at, like because she was just walking into the room and someone had walked on the stage and i was like that person looks familiar and then they opened their mouth and before they could get the whole first sentence out i realized who it was because they sound exactly the same and it was nadja from what we do in the shadows Amazing. she has a very small role only a couple of scenes, only a handful of lines, but like, it's like, it's literally just Nadja, but not dressed like a, like Victorian era. Whore. Oh, that's fantastic. She's so great. Uh, all right. I'll have to, I'll give that one a go. I, uh, on my general recap of things. I've, I'm still watching Batman, the animated series every, mm-hmm. a couple episodes a week. Very, it's like, I'm, I'm continually blown away by like, there is, there are some very like heavy elements that are being tackled in this cartoon that I'm like, this is great. Like this is like real. This is a really good watch. Like there's a lot of fun. Like there's a lot of fun to be had, and like a lot of like you know, like adventure and exciting things going on. Like when you're a kid to watch it, but there's like some pretty dark and heavy story stuff. Even this movie that we're going to talk about later was like yeah. that too. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, obviously it's aimed at a slightly more mature audience. Sure. Although I'm not sure exactly what level it was billed at. I didn't check to see what the rating on it was. But I remember mm. at times kind of slipping into the this is a kid's thing. And then at other times being like, no, 
it's definitely not aimed at kids because some of this is a little too graphic and some of the material they tackle is like, especially at the very end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, Jesus Christ. And then also someone like dropped a couple of like, I don't think it was F-bombs, but like cursed a couple of times. Like, okay, yeah. so this isn't like Batman the Animated Series. This is no. at least aimed at like teenagers. Like, but you know what? Even Batman the Animated Series, like some things will happen. But now while I'm watching it, I'm like, questionable whether I should have been watching this. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's I am, I really am loving it. We're like pretty deep into the first season now. Um, but still plenty, plenty to go. Uh, and then other other continued watches. I, I I pop in and out on SNL, but of course I popped in for Willem Dafoe. Who I just forgot seemed... to, I forgot to set that one up to record. I wanted to watch that one. He seemed so happy to be there. That's like, and it just that that type of thing makes me happy. He seemed like an odd fit because I've never really seen him do like an overtly comedic role. Obviously, he's capable of comedy. But just in the way that like very capable actors tend to be, yeah. Um, but I've never thought of him as inherently funny. Yeah. So I well, I wondered at the fit there, but I I totally forgot to watch. I'd be that curious. Would you definitely give it a watch? I'd be curious what you think, or even watch some of his clips. One thing I found that I thought was very interesting watching it, and I'm like, you know, I love the weekend update, which happens halfway through, like after the first the first appearance of the musical guest. And I'm like watching it and like, this is funny. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like there's only been like one skit with Willem Dafoe in it so far. And like, I feel like he was really only in like two, two or three skits. And I, maybe I could just be remembering it wrong. But like while watching it, I was like, I feel like he's been absent most of this episode. That's been happening a lot in the last couple of years that I've noticed. And I don't mm. know why that is. I don't know if the writers are doing a shitty job. I don't know if it's a pandemic thing. Although I feel like I've been noticing that even pre-pandemic and I don't watch week to week, so I'm not the most reliable evaluator of that phenomenon anyway. Sure. But I I know I watched the one with um what's his name? R- R- Rami Malik. He's barely in that episode. Yeah. I, I kinda wonder if it if it really is just up to how involved the host wants to be the week of. I guess so, but like what's the, if you're not gonna do it? I mean I'm not saying you gotta be in every single skit, like sometimes it's just not gonna be a good fit. Yeah. Or like, you know, there's only so many skits you can be in just from like a pure like time management perspective. Like not even like you like showing up to do it, like can you they get you through the costumes and everything to like for the recording, you know what I mean? Like can you literally just be in every skit? Probably not feasible. But uh yeah, I don't know. Is it the writers? Is it they're picking bad hosts. Like I don't understand. I, I don't. I this... honestly, I, I remember. Like so, we went to the like the SNL museum that they had a few years ago uh, in the city, and like they they walk you through like what it's basically the museum is set up as being the whole week up to the show, mm-hmm. and like what it's like. So like it's like day to day, like different parts, like different like like exhibits and stuff like that. And it's pretty cool to see like how like the whole show comes together. That's what you get to watch. Like that's, that's basically what you walk through when you go through the museum. And it from some of the things that they were saying and some of the videos and stuff they were playing, it seemed like they were they were getting out like that. The host can be as involved as they want, and that would make sense if you think about like I don't know. Like I feel like when Timberlake was on for like Justin Timberlake was on, like he was in like every skit. And I feel yeah. like that, that came down to like being heavily involved. Like, like yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm not only like I'm here to promote whatever I'm promoting, but like I love it. Like I want to be a part of this. Maybe it's just like how in how excited they are to be there. But it's also this turnover in 
the cast and writers like it go, that show has always gone through waves of good and bad. Sure. So, I, I guess I, don't know. I guess the the point I'm I'm making is um in the last few years I've noticed the handful of times that I'm like, "Ooh, that guest is interesting to me to watch. Let me watch that episode." I remember being consistently not every single time but consistently disappointed with it whereas like I feel like when I did watch it regularly, which was like late high school early college years for me, which is like 08 to 12 say. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I remember consistently, again, not every time, consistently the guest being on and being in like 80% of the skits. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It was odd. Just something I noticed while I was watching it, but the ones that he was in, I thought he killed it. It was really funny. Okay, well, that's good. There is a really ridiculous skit where it's Beauty and the Beast, and uh, he's, Willem Dafoe is playing the father, Belle's father, coming home to find that nobody's there. And Belle is watching him through the the reflect the mirror that she can look in on her dad with. Yeah, if you recall the Beauty and the Beast story, but uh, she's oh yeah, like the him. enchanted mirror thing. Yeah, and he's she's like, oh oh, he's so lonely. He's wondering where I am. And the Beast is like, I don't think we're gonna want to watch where this goes. Oh, <laughs> and, it, and it absolutely turns into that. And it's really it was just really a stupid. Wait, is that a reference skit. to? I've never seen the movie. It is something I should probably get to. I know we've mentioned it in the past. Is that a reference to the lighthouse? I don't know. I think it might be a reference to the lighthouse. Oh, oh God. Movie with him and Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, anyway, I watched Sorry, that. there's a there's a there's a weird recurring bit about that movie on the Levitard show where every once in a while when talking about like weird movies or movies that like tackle <clears throat> like very odd parts of like the human psyche, like Dan will bring it up. And the executive producer, Mike Ryan, will like, no, that, that movie's a comedy. I put that on a couple times a week. He goes, I, I put, I go to, I watch that to sleep, to, to go to sleep sometimes. <laughs> He's like, my favorite Christmas movie. I watch it every holiday. <laughs> <laughs> but they keep talking around the edge of it. And I think there's an allusion to someone like furiously masturbating in that movie. Gotcha. <laughs> and so I wonder if that's a reference to the lighthouse. I don't know Good whether man. it's Defoe or Pattinson, who's the perpetrator right. of that. In the, per- movie, the perpetrator. <laughs> <laughs> the perpetrator of ferocity. Uh, what else are you watching? Um, so last night, I, after not having played for the last couple of weeks, me and Brian finished the Halo Combat Evolve campaign. Cool. Um, started Halo 2, and I had not actually seen any of the footage from the remaster or remake or whatever mm. it was, and I was totally blown away by it. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's, like, disturbingly photorealistic in a lot of ways, especially in the cutscenes. Yeah. Like, I had to kind of pinch myself a little bit. <laughs> a little, I was actually made uncomfortable by how good it was. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Um, there... You know, a lot of times uncanny is used in a negative connotation with these sort of things. And I mm-hmm. actually am going to use it in a positive connotation with this for the most part. There's a couple of times where they show a face of someone turning or talking and it's like, eh, yeah. quite nail it there. But most of it's really, really, really good in a way that like didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, the funny thing was, though, I have been historically someone who sometimes gets a little bit of motion sickness from certain games, especially the ones that strive for more photorealistic and like higher frame rate stuff. And this Mm -hmm. game really didn't bother me, Mm -hmm. but it was bothering Brian a lot. So we had to flip back to the original version. Gotcha. 
which is odd because that's I'm usually the first one to have to tap out, and it really didn't bother me at all. Although we huh. were encountering issues with like lag almost. Oh, weird. Where like in the middle of like it was only in the middle of the like, combat. It didn't happen in any cutscenes or anything, but like where like it would like kind of stutter. Like it looked like it was like trying to oh yeah, get well, into the next gear, and then you're it getting would, frame like, rate drops. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I'm not sure why that is, though. Be considering the, the system, maybe is just uh, that that game has notoriously had some issues. Um, the actual like re- the the collection. Um, okay. So I don't know if it it could be a remnant of that. Uh, it would also well, make we sense that if if that was happening in high action sequences, there's a chance that it would have like it would drop a frame every once in a while when that wasn't happening, and that could make you sick. That makes me sick. Okay. Um, I am able to pick up on it a little bit more often than not. So like I, I know when it's happening and I, I'll, I'll stop it. But like, if you're not really looking for it and it's happening, it can be disorienting. I find Cause it wasn't happening at all when we played combat evolved and it wasn't happening when we flipped it on two yeah. to the old version. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't sure if it was an issue with. Yeah. Well, it, that's what's interesting is in that collection, the remastered version of two is the only new bit of the single player okay everything else are are like games that have already been done put into the collection but they remastered two for that collection okay so there's there's maybe that bit to it i love halo 2 halo 2 has some bangers on the soundtrack i love it's so good (laughs) i forgot how ridiculous some of the both like score itself and the sound mixing in one was yeah where like specifically is like sometimes with like the flood thing. And then there's like where they do like the main theme, but they go super violin. Mm-hmm. Like they like specifically like, I, like we encountered it again at the end of the first one where you're trying to escape the ring. And it's like, we, they put up the timer and you have to escape in a certain amount of time. And we were having trouble. I forgot how bad the handling on the warthog was in the original game mm-hmm. because I played so much more of two and three that to me it's that handling. And even like two, it's not perfect, but it's like so much closer to what I remember it being. <laughs> um, really struggling to drive through that section like the first time and brian's like i don't think we're gonna make it and i was like don't worry the violins have got us as it's just like (laughs) someone going to fucking town on the halo theme (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's great yeah i uh i love i love that that final level just driving the mall just getting off that ring so fun yeah i didn't totally love it and i loved even less the section before it uh, I realized how little I actually remember of the like the specifics of the campaign of the first one. It's I mean it's been I don't know fifteen years since I've played it, so mm. like it's understandable why it's all kind of a blur to me. Um, I mean I remembered hating the flood and that was accurate, although from most of it ended up being not being too bad. But by the end, when they're just like everywhere, just rooms like entire like waves upon waves upon waves. There was one time where I was like I actually felt irresponsible by the amount of bullet casings that we were leaving behind. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> like I feel this like I would just, just be like, <laughs> I feel like, like I feel like when we were done and like the barrels cooled, like I would turn around and like it would just be up to our necks in bullet casings. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, Surely, like holy drowning. shit! Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how, how does the, that amount of bullets even exist in the galaxy? <laughs> you know, it's a uh, one thing that I remember driving me crazy about the first one was there being like one little I forgot what the little popcorn guys, those little little, little tiny ones. They'd be like the one sub- somewhere <laughs> stuck and like you need to clear them to 
yes. to progress. And like, you just don't know where it is. Like, even though the motion detector is like, it's there. It's like, it's not though. And it's <laughs> like, I don't know. That's, you what, that's when you start throwing grenades at walls. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah. Oh man. It's so fun. It's I'm, I'm so glad you're playing through those. I love, I love, 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 love Halo too. <laughs> yeah. We only played the first couple of missions. We, you know, we did the first, uh, we, we ended right when we were going to start the Arbiter's path. Okay. Um, so it didn't get super far in yet. So I, and I didn't really take much note of the music yet in this one, but I forgot. I actually, I had it backwards in my mind. I don't know why my recollection was that you did the Arbiter stuff first. I forgot that you start with the Master Chief doing the doctor strange love with the the um covenant bomb <laughs> yeah what a great sequence yeah wow man love the love those games i still haven't i still haven't finished uh infinite uh, mm. but i will also johnson they kind of retconned him to bring him back in or what there's a whole thing about him okay uh lore wise that i don't fully remember i think maybe he's a clone what? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he one hundred percent dies at the end of Halo Legendary Edition. Yeah. Yeah. But he's back. And getting commendated alongside you, which means it's happening very soon after the events of like why would they yeah. give a commendation to a clone that they had made one week ago? I'm not sure. I feel like that's a thing. I feel like that's part of the story. Well, listen, I will because Brian brought it up. I was like, you know what? You're right. I don't remember. We like we don't watch him die in Halo One, but he also doesn't escape with you. I I I googled is Johnson the clone in Halo, and then it says Halo Two cloning Johnson glitch, and he's just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> is that a skull? Oh man! How did Sergeant Johnson make it off Halo? He barely escapes being overwhelmed by the flood infection forms before reaching a lift out of the containment facility. From there, Johnson escapes aboard a Pelican gunship with a handful of other survivors just prior to the ring's destruction. I guess they retconned that legendary Yeah, because like at the end, like you escape after, like you're almost picked up by a wounded Pelican, it crashes and gets blown up. You escape and then like you jet off of the ring, you watch it explode in your rearview mirror and then Master Chief's like, hey, so any signs of life? And she's like, dust and echoes or something like yeah. that. And it's like, huh, we can't be the only one alive. And it's like, well, it seems so. And that's the end of the game. Yeah. Now, admittedly, six hours later, they may have found some distress beacon that says that Johnson's alive. Yeah, but in, like, in the legendary ending of the game, it cuts back to the ring and the. Pillar of Autumn's about to explode, and Johnson and an elite are fighting each other. Like they're like trading punches, and they realize the thing's about to explode, and he goes, "Hold me." <laughs> sorry, what is this legendary edition? I don't know what this. Oh, uh, sorry, legendary ending. Oh. If you beat the game on legendary, for all those games, if you beat them on legendary, there's like another ten seconds of something. Oh, I don't remember. Okay, yeah, we we played on heroic, so yeah, yeah. Oh, even that. Like, if you're if you're going through it for the for the story, like I I'm like normal, but like the game gets challenging on the higher difficulty levels. I've beaten the first few on legendary, but like I remember getting to the end and being like, this didn't really feel worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of sort of felt that way like when I played uh, Jedi Fallen Order when I beat it on Grandmaster where it was mm. like I feel like the one before that like Jedi Master was like 
the peak emotive, like it challenged my skills and also yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't end up bothering to play Grandmaster, but ju- the that Jedi Master level, I agree. Like that, like I honestly thought, like in in some ways, I felt like it was a little bit easier in that the timing made a little bit more sense to me. Like, yeah, of course I missed it, or yeah, no, I definitely got it. Like <laughs> because like it was like like more pinpoint. But yeah, um, yeah. legendary is hard. <laughs> yeah. What else are you? Uh, what else are you consuming? Uh, so the only other thing I think that I have is the weekly full cast update. And in a follow up to last week's episode, there is another boat wanted for arrest. Oh, on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> in relation to that cruise line issue, <laughs> a second boat. I just, it's pic- I'm picturing like wanted posters build. When, <laughs> and it's just a picture of this boat. Ship, <laughs> sorry. Vessel, yeah. whatever. Vessel, of course. Um, and uh, the other thing of note was um, a story on Marines at a carnival. Oh. And um, hijinks ensue. Sure. Namely, somehow they managed to get everyone stuck on, like, I think it was the Ferris wheel. Or no, it might have been, like, the, like, gondola ride thing that, like, when you're, like, up on, like, the ski lift type. Yeah, well, yeah, Not yeah. ski lift, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, in some sort of, like, carnival or circus or zoo or something like that, and everyone got trapped up there for a long time. And um, there there were there were other hijinks. It was an entertaining story. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I got stuck on one of those once for, like, maybe ten minutes. It was fun. Uh, it sounded like it was much longer, and also... Yeah, that, that would be uncomfortable. I think I would... I would do my best, I think, to find a way down. I don't think I would want to be up there for that long. I would, I would, I would shimmy. I would home alone well, shimmy across the line. <laughs> also, it resulted in a debate as to like which animal you think you could beat up. Ooh, yeah, interesting. Which animal do you it, think you could beat up? <laughs> well, it's funny because like they were talking about like just like kind of random obscure animals. Like, like what do you think that like Marines, like who are full blown Marines, think they could fight and beat up? And it's mm. like they definitely think they could beat an orangutan, and they're just not ready for that. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this is the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I could beat up some things that are, like, decent size, but also I'm sure that other things would... I just don't understand, like, how orangutans and chimpanzees and stuff can be so much stronger than us. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to mess with one of them, because I do understand It'll that literally, that is literally the case. rip your face off. <laughs> exactly. I just under- don't understand how. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Huh. Let's just not fight the animals. I think that's our best bet. I oh, sure. I threw on a couple of episodes of Smartless uh, the past week. It's okay. uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Will Arnett, and um, oh my god! Oh, is that that podcast? Sean, Sean, I can't remember the other guy's name. From I think he was from Will and Grace, maybe. Smart. I know of. The- List podcast. <laughs> I know of the show, and I know Arnett and Bateman are in it, but I don't know who the third person is. Why is it so hard? Sean Hayes. Jesus. Sorry. Uh, anyway, it was pretty good. It was entertaining. The banter was was good between them. They seem like they're closer friends um, in real life, which I think always makes for good chemistry on a show. So it's like pretty cool. Like they. I like the concept like they'll they each have a list of guests that they want to bring on the show and it's like someone's turn each time and the other mm. two don't know who's coming. Oh, okay. And they'll do a they'll like start describing the guest 
and you'll see you'll hear them like guessing who it could be <laughs> like as they introduce the person and then they bring them into the call that's kind of so cool. it, it's it's fun it's entertaining um there's something so funny about like the celebrity podcast that they like it's like the reverse of like an of like amateurs making a movie like when an amateur's making a movie it's like oh you you did a good job but when celebrities are making a podcast, it's like you almost you almost got it. <laughs> like, I just feel like it's more of it's more of a friendly amateur non famous medium for me. Like those are the ones that I listen to. So like yeah. when I hear the the famous people doing it, it's just like it's just I feel like it's just like it's just missing a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. But, okay, anyway, it's still it's still entertaining. Uh, I started watching the Suicide Squad. Okay, I really. I'm not liking it. Really? Yeah. The only thing so far that I've liked is the story of bits around Harley have been really funny. I think that her version of this character is hysterical to me. And like the way it's, I feel like she's written really well and, and she's written consistently. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of my problem with some of the other stuff. It's like all over the map, but like you kind of, she's a known quantity when she comes on screen and it's usually a pretty entertaining series of events. See, I'll say I had zero interest in this movie. I was pretty loud about not wanting to see this movie. And when I finally watched it, the whole opening sequence cracked me up. Like, I was just so unprepared for it mm. that I, it ended up setting me up for well for, like, ultimately, like, the middle third kind of doesn't really work so well. But, like, mm. I still overall liked the movie. Okay. Um, yeah. I, just, I, I found it fun a lot of it. I'm so. at the point where, like, the giant starfish has escaped. Oh, so you're almost done. Though. And I've kind of like, yeah, I'll go. I will finish it. But like, I was just. Losing yeah, you're interest. like down to like the last half hour of the movie. But the uh, there's this whole sequence of things with Harley and the guy with the javelin. And he's like dying. And he's like saying his last words. Like he wants her to take it. And yep. he like trails off. And she's like, wait for what? For what? <laughs> and she's like <laughs> holding on to it. And the whole time it's like, I'm just waiting for. I'm just waiting for a god to tell me what to do with it. And the Bloodsport goes, Jesus. She goes, maybe him. I don't know. <laughs> and like that type of thing really cracks me up. But uh, yeah, no, overall. The whole, I- the whole intro or the whole like when they first invade the island with all the ridiculous powers of the yeah. villains. TDK. Like none of. Was that the one with the arms? The detachable kid or something like that. Yeah, that. I almost piss myself with that whole thing where his, he, he gets super intense. He's jacked yeah. and the arms come off. And I'm like, no, how is that? No. And he just like, he's like using his arms everybody. to slap people. And I'm oh like, my gosh. and then when it, when the whole scene turns, cause they get off to such a hot start. Right. And yeah. the whole scene turns and they all start getting lit up. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're really killing off all these people. And two of the henchmen, turn and just start shooting the arms yeah. and you see the guy with just a torso <laughs> screaming and ripping in pain. <laughs> I totally lost it during that. That was, that was ridiculous. Honestly, the thing that caught me by surprise was I thought like which did crack me up in that opening sequence was the weasel dying. The oh weasel can't god. swim. And I was like, oh my god. With also, immediately that weasel, no, when the weasel so was on screen, I was like, that is definitely Sean Gunn. And sure oh, enough. Of course, yeah. <laughs> It just made me so uncomfortable. I was so glad when he died because I was like, this makes yeah. me makes me uncomfortable every time they cut to him. Well, anyway, I'm I'm semi watching that and I have, I have to finish. But there is one thing that I binged this past week. 
that I didn't expect okay. to get into. And I certainly didn't expect to watch the whole thing. And that is the woman across the street from the girl in the window. <laughs> what? Do you, have you not seen this Netflix show? The woman across the street from the girl in the window? Yes. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not familiar with it. I I imagine you're piecing together what it is. <laughs> is it some sort of? Is that like satire or parody of? Wasn't it the the girl in the window it's or whatever? Of of all of those movies slash books. Okay. Um, and it's funny because Kim didn't realize that it was supposed to be a comedy type thing. I was like. But but the title, she's like, I thought it was just one of those, you know, <laughs> she like rattled off like one of those. It's like, exactly. Yeah. But uh, it was it. I ended up being like, so I was like, it was like one of those, they're, they're, they're like 30 minute episodes. So like, they're really quick to get through. And like, after one's over, you're just like, just uh, what next? <laughs> just give, me, <laughs> give me the next one. And we, we sure enough, we like, we burned all the way through it. But like, it start it takes. It seems like it's taking itself too seriously, but that's actually part of, I feel like, part of the whole thing. It's like, it is it is making a mockery of all of these things. There okay. is, uh, Kristen Bell is the lead. She has, she repeats her lines, like, over and over again in different situations. And, like, it's just like, oh my god, this is so stupidly repetitive. Like, why? And, it, it, and it's on purpose. And it's okay. just like, it, it's... I feel like you'd really enjoy it because there's a lot of subtle things that they do, like people's names and things like that, that like are throwaway. But if you catch it, you're just like, stop. <laughs> and then it's just like the, the main, I, I don't even, I can't, I can't, I want to tell you one of the main, uh, it's not like a, I want to tell you one of the things that is like the driving force behind her being the way that she is, but it is so ridiculous that I think it would really take away from the first time they explained it. So I'm not going to do that to you because <laughs> I think, <laughs> right. I think you will actually really enjoy it because of how absurd it is. I'll have to look into, uh, and it's like, that. it's smart absurd. It's like, okay. it really, it, it really knows how to joke through the material that it's based on. Like it's in a way that it's like, it's not like a, so clearly this is a joke. Sometimes it's like it it can't be anything but a joke, mm. but like it's I don't know it I, it ended up being really clever. And by the by the end of it, it ends with a single word, and I went well done, <laughs> just <laughs> like the, the way that it played out. <laughs> so I think you'll like it. All right, I'll have to see if I can uh, add that to the list. Yeah, it's a you know what it is. It's a fun like I said. It's just a stupid fun watch, and you're I feel like you're gonna end up in the same boat as I. Where you're like you'll watch you'll watch one and you're like okay. And then you'll watch the second one and you're like, I need to finish this now. <laughs> and you'll just end up watching the rest of the series. But we had a lot of fun with that one this week. Anything else? No, I think that's uh, all of note I had Ooh. this week. I think that means it's time for fun and games. What a... Is it my turn? Your turn? It's your turn to supply a movie. Oh, excellent. Uh, I thought of one the other day. And I'm going to bring it up. Fun and games. Begin! Okay. Wait, hang on one second. What is the deal with this? I'm really... I'm going to have to delete... You know what it is? I'm just going to delete the IMDb app off this thing. Um, because You're really probably better is. off just using the IMDb like on the browser. Yeah, well, I have to delete the app so that it doesn't try to open it when I get to the oh. actual page. All right. Are you on your iPad? Yeah, I have it down here because it makes way less noise than my keyboard. Okay. Um, um, all right. Did this movie come out in... Or after the year 2000? No. Interesting. Did this movie come out 
in or after the year 1980? Yes. Okay. Was this movie in the 80s? No. Okay, so 90s movie. Got it. All right. Got the decade nailed down. Three questions. You're good. You're at a good spot. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. Okay. Is this movie an action-adventure type movie? Yes. Okay. Is this movie considered a comedy? No. I'm going to go on IMDb genre listings and say no. Okay. Listen, we can excuse it having a joke or two in it, but... It's not, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Is this movie part of a series? Yes. Is that series ongoing? No. Okay. Does this movie have like a one to three type of identifiable leads? Um, a one to three. Yes. Sorry. Okay. I know we always kind of walk up on that line. Yeah. Of yeah. Like, what, where does it, when does it become an ensemble? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Did this movie series originate in the 1990s? Mm. I feel like this is a pretty easy yes or no. <laughs> I wish, I wish it were so simple. <laughs> Oh boy. No. No. That's not confusing. <sighs> okay, no. I'm going to say with confidence, no. Okay. It did not originate in the 1990s. No. Okay. It's weird that you had to debate that, but. Well, you'll understand. Yeah, I'll be, I'm sure eventually it'll probably come around on that. But uh, uh, is this movie based on IP? Yes. That's 10. Okay. Interesting. Is it, like, comic book based? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Action Adventure, the 90s, that is based on IP as part of a series that did not originate in the 1990s with some sort of asterisk. Hmm. I'm worried because there's some of those movies that are in the 90s that I feel like, like the comic book ones where it's like, I didn't realize it was a comic book. Sure. There was that whole span, I think, in like the 2000s, maybe like the late 2000s, where I feel like every action movie was actually a graphic novel. And you're like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I don't know where to go next. This game is so stressful. Yeah. The series is no longer ongoing. Hmm. So is it like a DC or Marvel property? Yes. Okay. That's the other thing is there's so many of those ones that were from like the independent ones that mm-hmm. like those are the hard ones. Yeah. Although I'm sure there'll be some random obscure one here that I'm going to be like not thinking of. Try to think of like series because the only thing I can think of is that would be a comic book movie in the 90s that was part of a series that didn't originate in the 90s would be like the Burton Keaton Batmans, you know, or when was the last Superman? <laughs> like Reeve, like Superman, was yeah. it 1990? Like uh, it's, but I feel like those would have also been pretty definitive and wouldn't have left you like hung up on the answer. Maybe don't read too much into my answering of some of these questions. There, it's just a, it's a little bit of a complicated property in regards to the questions that specific questions you were asking. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think you, you, you're 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 working through it well. I think. Yeah, but I'm running out of questions now. Uh, I feel like I have that paralysis by analysis. I don't know which yeah. way to, which direction to go now. 
Has this property been rebooted in movie form? Yes. <laughs> <sighs> God damn it. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea which direction to go next. I still feel like there's too many of them. Wait, is it is it already... <laughs> is this movie from one of the characters I already mentioned just a few minutes ago? <laughs> Good hack. Yes. Okay. Is this movie principally concerned with Batman? Yes. Okay. That's 15. Okay. Okay. Is Michael Keaton in this movie? No. Interesting. Is Val Kilmer in this movie? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is it Batman Forever? There sure is. In 18 questions. All right. Nice. You realize the the things I I got tripped up on? The I got tripped up on if it's part of us if it was part of a series that began Yeah, eighty nine eighty nine Batman. Yeah, and I couldn't remember if it is technically if if ba- I know Batman Forever and Batman and Robin are clearly together. Batman and Batman Returns are clearly together. And then I remembered yes. Alfred is in all of the movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, well because it's all it's all the same universe, right? Because Burton was still involved as like a producer, wasn't he? In the, the I two? I would imagine based on the aesthetic that he was, but I I don't actually know. I know was it Schumacher took over for the Val Kilmer one, mm-hmm. but I I'm pretty sure Burton was still involved as a producer because I think also Burton was part of that whole Superman project that didn't end up getting off the ground where yeah. Nicolas Cage is going to be Superman. He was Tim Burton was the producer. Yeah. A producer. Good stuff. You got there. You got there. Ah, man, I I love me. I love me. We are going to have to. We are going to have to do that on the show eventually. Eventually. Yeah, I think so. we've talked about it for. I I feel like it needs to be in person, though. Maybe that's like a Easter episode. or something. I always liked the theme of that one a lot. Dan, 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 Boiling it! Oh my god! I love it. I love it. It's so ridiculous. Uh, We all wear. Actually, wait. Before you go on, there was I saw I saw a clip from from that movie recently, and I never caught it before. But someone like pointed it out and like clipped it in with a, a tweet when. They're going through the whole thing where Two Face is in his lair and he gets introduced to the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Before they introduce the Riddler, you can see him standing in the background. You can see the Riddler standing back there. Yes, you can yeah, see I him va- just standing. I, I vaguely recall, like he's just like for on like, his mark. For yes, on his mark for like a while before yeah. he gets introduced to <laughs> step onto the stage. <laughs> oh my god! I it's I, like being at like a Broadway play and being like in one of those like side gallery things, and you see the person standing off stage waiting to be summoned on, but instead it's a movie which was cut and edited that they could have used a different take of. <laughs> That's right, man. I remember like watching that movie or thinking about that movie. Like, I, there's so many things that pop into my mind. It's just like, oh my god, it's so good. Like. The whole battleship thing. <gasps> you suck my battleship. <laughs> I had I had a um a bat cave like playset from yes. that movie. Um that and I had me for one of my birthdays and it was dope. I had the Batmobile from that one. Same. So I remember you you had like the original one. 
I, did, I had the I ended up getting that one eventually, I think. Uh, okay. Um, actually, maybe I didn't. Maybe I only played with yours. I no, I did. We definitely... I did have it, too. I was saying, Just I not like the same one. We, okay. I feel like at one point we definitely had like a meeting of the two Batmobiles. We Absolutely. My house. favorite one, I had a Batmobile from... Uh, Uncle Mike in California. <laughs> wow. he, I don't know why I remember this, but it was the so it was the one. It's actually the Batmobile from the animated series, and it was so cool. And yeah, that was the one I remember you having. You could like pull out the back, and it could fly. Yeah. Oh man, that thing was so cool, so cool. Oh man, I miss I miss the Batman toys for sure. I'm gonna get Elio so many Batman toys; it's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, let us get into our flick. Of the week. Batman, The Long Halloween, parts one and two, released in 2021, rated R, with a, well, a one hour and 27 minute runtime for the second and a one hour and 25 minute uh, runtime for part one. Uh, your IMDb synopsis Batman investigates a murder spree that takes place on holidays. The killer, known as Holiday, continues to stalk the Falcone crime family, while a new class of costumed criminal rises in Gotham. Batman suspects that a former ally might be the serial killer. Those are your two movies back-to-back synopsis. Al, what is your hot take? Sorry, I'm a little thrown off by a couple things. One, I forgot at the end of the... When they did the credits for the first one, that um, Naya Rivera passed away before this came out, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, and also, like, she's, like, our age. Mm-hmm. Was our and, age. And she, like, drowned. Yeah, it says accidental drowning here. I don't have the story. Just a little blurb. Um, sorry. Didn't mean to totally throw you off with that, but I was bringing up the thing on IMDb. No, that... I was really confused. That, you mentioned... This the, is exactly what happened while I was watching the movie, and I actually finished the first one in bed, and, like, the credits were rolling, and it's, like, in memory of, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that was kind of what I, the almost exact same situation as me. Uh, two, though, you had said it was rated R, and I'm seeing PG-13 here. And I, it goes back to what I was saying earlier in the episode, where I'm very confused as to what this was rated R. Oh, because part one is PG-13, part two is rated R. It has to be for that final conversation, right? It's, it must be, yeah. Um, regardless, my if I can get back to my notes, which definitely exists, it's not the problem that you have. Uh, I just couldn't get back to the tab. <laughs> Um, some confusing plot points can't, I'm sorry, I just mistyped my own notes. Let's try this again. Some confusing plot points can't drag down an intriguing detective story and a compelling look at some major Batman characters in this adaptation of a classic Batman story. 7.5 out of 10. Nice. One of the best and most influential Batman stories with a few welcome changes held back only slightly by its chosen animation style. 8 out of 10. So it seems like we were both relatively hot on this one. Sorry, you said eight? Yeah. Uh, You said it can't be dragged down by what, sort of? Uh, I said it was held back only slightly by its chosen animation style. I didn't really care for... I don't care for... It was basically... It it had like that that Archer animation. I was was going to say, I kind of loved it because it reminded me of Archer. (laughs) But... I don't really. The thing is, though, I don't mind the style. Um, there was like a weird execution thing that was that I found jarring. Where I was, we, it's funny that you had brought up when we were talking about playing Halo that uh, Brian had gotten nauseous during Halo Two. I actually watched this movie in multiple chunks because I couldn't, I couldn't finish it the first time I was watching it because oh. I was I was starting to feel sick from the because they do like a the animation is not smooth like it's like it, it purposefully not smooth. 
Like it's like it has like a well, certain, actually, like, I would ticking. I, I would almost it. say I would almost say the opposite. It's actually too smooth, where it doesn't have realistic motions of bodies because it's so glidy. It's glidy, but then it it glide stops, glide stops, glide stops, and it does that repetitively, like throughout a sequence, and that that movement forward and then stopping is what I think makes my stomach uneasy. Okay. And I didn't have any of that with this. That's which, good. You know, again, it's weird for someone else to get motion sickness from something that doesn't give it to me. Is yeah. It's the only way I'll say it, considering how easily that can be triggered in, in sure. myself. So, um, the actually, the only issue I had with the animation in this is that, with the exception of, like, two or three main male characters, it can be really tough to tell who's who. There was multiple times where I had mistaken identity because there's just two dudes who looked exactly the same. <laughs> like that's that's fair. Like you know, because like, and especially when <laughs> one of those dudes is Bruce Wayne, and you're like, Wait, yes, well, but Bruce is one of those people <laughs> who looks exactly like every other person, which you can't allow your main. I understand he's Batman more often than he is Bruce Wayne in this movie. Right. I get it, but like, you can't have the most important person. And the only time I recognize him is when he's wearing a robe in his own mansion. Yeah, because he's the only person wearing a robe in his mansion. Like, That's right. but when he's in a suit out in the wild, like he looks like every other guy on screen. There's a couple times where like they cut, like he's talking, and it's like, okay, that's that's bat, that's Bruce Wayne. But they cut away, they come back, he's like, who is this person? And I felt like I felt like Batman in the scary face, Harvey yeah. face thing. Where like, I was like, I don't know who I'm looking at again. Oh shit, that's Bruce. God damn it. Um, like him, Dude, like. What have you done with Harvey and Scary Face? <laughs> Harvey, because he had like the kind of curly hair, was the only person. Like he would have looked exactly the same if he had like the same generic yeah. haircut as everyone else. But because of that little fringe of hair, it's like okay. Obviously, Commissioner Gordon is very distinctive looking. He's got the mustache. <laughs> well, yeah, and also ginger and glasses. Captain, but Captain Gordon. Well, what was he? Is he Detective Gordon? Is he Captain Gordon? Or is he Commissioner Gordon? Because he he's he's called Detective. Early on in the movie, then he's called Captain later, but he's credited in IMDb and in the credits as Commissioner Gordon. So I'm very confused huh. as to what his title is throughout the course of all of this. Not super important. All that matters is I knew who Gordon was. Yeah. Um, I keep running into this issue though with Batman, where there's Carmine Falcone, yeah, and there's Salvatore Maroni. That's right. And I want to call them both Marconi. So. <laughs> You can understand where I'm coming from on this, right? Like, isn't that an come up with... <laughs> it's, it's a it's it's a, it's an award for radio excellence. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Also, though. the inventor of the radio, I'm pretty sure. But regardless, to get it all mixed up with that, that is really funny. So Falcone was obviously visually distinct as a person. Yeah, you could not confuse him with yeah. any other main character. But between like, Bruce scar. and well, also like the silvery hair and the mustache, yeah. like. Um, Maroni doesn't look that dissimilar from Bruce, honestly. Right. And there's a handful of other like male characters with speaking roles who all look exactly like. Yeah, they they all they Bruce Dent Maroni they all have the same face. Alberto's face is the same one, but they just drew it more as of a triangle at the bottom. <laughs> and also, they gave him glasses yeah. and like they well they also they, his face also comes to a slimmer point. Yeah, a little, as, like, little, of a little triangle. Yeah. So like he was visually distinct enough. Like mm -hmm. from the rest of them, but and, and also there's a handful of the female characters who were like um, Selena and was it Martha Wayne and a couple of other women also all look. Oh, G Gordon's wife, all of them look exactly the same too. Yeah, I thought Gordon's wife and Ivy 
Barbara is it Barbara or is that that's his daughter's name? But is what's his wife's name? I don't remember the wife's name honestly. But they, uh, yeah, they the. But Ivy again, she had like red hair, so like that, she did. At least that but was didn't, distinct. Didn't Barbara have red hair too? No, it was all some form of brown or black, which was yeah. like close enough to look like very something. like the the Falcone women look very visually distinct from everyone else. Sure, um, and. Dent's wife also visually distinct Gilda. from everyone else. I yeah, I I know he said it once or twice, but like he kept like, Gilda. I was like, yeah, yeah. what? It's <laughs> a lot of sighing in this movie. Yes, there's a lot of sighing. Super and dark. Burning. It's a it's a it's a very dark tale. It's a very like it's it's heavy and it's the whole movie like the whole storyline like is kind of wrapped up in be, being a failure altogether, like in what like as trying to do better in the city and like things just are not going well it's just this is guys we're gonna need a mulligan (laughs) it's funny because i'm aware of in broad strokes what the long halloween's all about Mm -hmm. so i was excited to see this story that being said considering batman is so frequently referred to as the world's greatest detective He's a dog shit detective. I'm the gets world's call- greatest detective. <laughs> gets called out on being a dog shit detective on at least one occasion, I think, yep. by Calendar Man, right? Yeah. And also, frequently, at least two or three times, himself says, I'm not a very good detective. And it's like, eh, I'm going to challenge you on that. You're supposed to be the greatest detective. I'm, I'm more of a... Yeah, yeah that, that I think was... A, I'm pretty sure that was dissimilar to the actual graphic novel. I don't think okay. that, that played out that way. I looked... I. Because he is things. a really shitty detective in this movie. He is, yeah. He, he absolutely is. Uh, there was a few things that I was... And I don't like that they made that change. But there was a few things that I would like... I remember being different. So I like kind of, I, I tried to get a list of certain things that were changed. Some mm-hmm. of them are changed, I think, for the better. Or make a more cohesive like narrative for a movie. So it worked out well. But uh, okay. that was one of them where it's just like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't terrible in the... In the graphic novel at like solving the crime. I mean, granted, like it's I I it's early. It's still early Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, relatively like, speaking. Still has to sharpen the skills, I guess. Yeah. But, which is kind of But he's also still like a fully established Batman who is locked away multiple supervillains. Like he has a pre existing relationship right. with half of Arkham. So right. he's not that early on. That's that's true. That's that's fair. Yeah, so maybe it's not. I don't know. That that is a little bit odd that they that they kind of they did lean into that more than once. Um, but also, like it, it becomes very early on within like I don't know the first third or half of the first part of the movie, like yeah, part one. That realistically, it has to be one of three characters, probably, unless they're going to pull one of those eleventh hour. You know, it's someone we haven't even seen in this movie or even referenced at any point, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes to me, it became fairly obvious it had to be one of three characters early-ish on in the movie. I was down to, it's got to be either Selena, Alberto, or Gilda. Mm. And obviously, spoilers going out the window here. It's Gilda. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. I thought you were actually going to say, or, or Den. No, I, from a fairly early. I understood, like, they they make it a compelling case early on in the movie, but they lean on it so heavily, it's like, that would be entirely too that. obvious. Yeah, but. That is the, the other one three of the more interesting changes um, is that in the graphic novel, there are it's two people that are not working together. Uh, what? It's Al, it is Alberto and Gilda. 
But they're not working together. They're not working together. It's like, so Gilda started it by trying to kill, she like, she kills the first few people with the intent of starting like a, a mob war to bring the whole thing crashing down so that Harvey can spend more time with her. It's admittedly not a great <laughs> which, motivation. Which is obviously what they're going for here, but they do a horrendous job of explaining it. Well, they, this one's a little bit, I thought this was a little bit more interesting in that um, she and Alberto, like the romantic relationship that they had and like the, the tearing away, like basically like she was made into a villain like that. I think that was a pretty compelling. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, the only thing that, that holds that back though is, because they waited until literally the 12th hour to tell you what made her the villain, which I guess I get because they didn't want you to be able to just guess it right off the bat, mm-hmm. but there's still a way they could have more deftly seeded it through the course of the movies. Well, they, Alberto kind of tells you all about it without saying who it is. So if you, if you have the inkling that Gilda may be involved in the killings, I feel like you could potentially piece that bit of it together. Sure, but I guess that, that's my point is that, that I had figured out pretty early on that the two of them had been involved. Yeah. But not knowing the situation with the, I guess, forced abortion is the best yeah. way to... Yeah, yeah, that was... I, I Actually, I... It's funny that you say that. I have it written down here as forced abortion, question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, which um, is exactly how you phrase it. Which they literally just drop on your lap in the final yeah. scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which, like... That's not the best way to drop what is ultimately a really compelling storyline and bit of character and, and and motivation for all of this happening. I guess if you find if you say that earlier on, maybe you totally spoil the the suspense of figuring all of this out. So it's like that point I get it, but on the other hand, it feels like it kind of lands like a dead fish because it's like yeah. oh I, like I, this I, terribly brutal thing, like we don't have the time for this to sit with us. And also like this literally explains everything, but like we didn't see any of that yeah, unfolding throughout yeah, the course. They of just this. told us at the end, and it, it's a shame specifically because, like, I feel like that motivation is a lot stronger than the original ones. Which is like the original ones are like Gilda wants to spend more time with Harvey and thinks that if she can get the mob bosses to kill like kill each other, that this will all go away and it could happen. And Alberto um, is it's still it's a similar thing where like his dad basically hates him. And he's trying to prove a point by becoming like one of these crazy new age villains in mm. doing so. To get, basically to get his, to get daddy's attention. I'm glad that they, didn't, that they kind of abandoned that bit entirely for the movie. Like that's not part of it. Like he's not involved yeah. in the movie, uh, which is kind of cool. In the book, he does, um, he does like, his death is faked and he ends up killing Sal and that's when he gets caught. Okay. But, um. And then you know, only to find out that there's other stuff going, other other plots afoot. But um, well, part well, say part of what threw me off on the rating early on in the movie was when the first murder happens. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a condom on the end of the gun, and I'm like, "What oh. is this movie?" <laughs> and then as they do the murder scene, they're like, "Oh, it's like the nipple from a baby bottle," and I was like, "Oh, that both makes much more sense and also no sense at all." Yeah. Because I'm fairly certain those do not function as silencers when you fire a gun through them. But that being said, it makes more sense from the, is this movie a child's movie or not? Putting a baby bottle nipple on this rather than a condom. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for how phallic that gun was. Uh, that being said. Practice safe thrown, murder. 
thrown into better light where if you had even the slightest <laughs> sorry <laughs> you have even the slightest <laughs> inkling about this because they because they could they could have done it in a more elegant way if they said early on they hinted at it slightly but badly when Harvey talks about starting a family and she says I can't do that yeah it's like okay so she clearly had a feminine issue with her body that does not allow her to have that's yeah that that's that was what the of those conversations that was the implication not that something sure like this my point is they handled it so fucking brutally terribly i don't know yeah. if it was one of those we don't know how to say this delicately so we'll just say it badly <laughs> i don't want to i don't want stop looking what was it um it's not my fault. It's got upside down face. What is that line? Yeah, That's like, what happened? Here. Yeah, where it's like there's got to be a better way. Like off the cuff, it's just something of like, oh, you know, I would love a family, but it's, it's not, not possible for me. His life upside down face. That's what it was. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, if if it was something along the lines of, you know, how much I want a family, but it's no longer possible for me to do that. That's a more elegant way to get across what they're trying to say, but mm. it doesn't totally give away because it could just be. I had a miscarriage and, or, you know, it's multiple miscarriage, but you don't have to go into those details, right? And where it's like, oh, obviously she can't handle her, her body is not coming to term with, with a, a pregnancy and a viable, that's a viable pregnancy. And it's like, okay, we can have that conversation deftly in saying like, oh, that's no longer possible for me, mm-hmm. you know? And that allows you where if you're clever, you can make the connection of, oh, it's a baby bottle nipple as opposed to, oh, I, I can't have a family. Yeah. It's like, eh. yeah. Like, because yeah, I didn't make that connection automatically. But as soon as she gives the story at the end about how I had the baby ripped from my womb, I was like, oh, the baby bottle. Uh, oh, yep. Okay. That's that why it's a nipple. <laughs> yeah. No, because I had already figured out it was her yeah. well before then. But like, that specific aspect, I was like, okay, yeah, no, now that makes sense why. Like, that's clearly important symbolism that's supposed to foreshadow who it is and why mm-hmm. it is. But like it was handled so clumsily early on that it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't land with the weight that it should like, because it should land with weight. It's actually an incredibly clever idea, but like the storyboard doesn't make it to the screen. Right. <laughs> like uh, cleanly and efficiently. For, for sure. And like, yeah, and there's plenty of ways that like they can do, like you can have the conversation with the audience Without making it an awkward conversation between the two characters it involves, right? Like, yeah, he could. It could be a Harvey's confiding in Gordon, who has a family and he wants one, and like you know, over drinks, like because they've getting they're getting close as friends. Like they talk about it a little bit, like just to give you a, a few more pieces of the puzzle. That would have been a way to do it, you know. Yeah. Well, my my point was like they had the right idea <laughs> with that scene. They just horribly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> de- executed the plan like the plan was fine yep. it's the execution that they just butchered and it like it didn't require fucking like david mamet to <laughs> successfully write that scene <laughs> like yeah. you could you can do it I'm, I'm sure um but like I, I sometimes i feel like when we do these things like when i have like these couple things where it's like oh like this 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 like stuck out to me like it feels like i'm griping and didn't i really did enjoy the movie but there was yeah. these couple things where it's like this could have been like a nine out of ten if you like got a couple of simple things right yeah it's a little um, more polish really yeah because there are like there are some really great character and like the, honestly that scene even though they butcher like the execution of that scene most of that scene is really strong between Harvey and Gilda. Like that's yeah. Cause like it's early on. It's before we see the fraying of their relationship, which again, like that's what I'm saying. Like it informed where 
it felt like there was the split purposes of I'm getting revenge on Falcone for what he did to me and my my life and my family and my happiness. And also, I'm trying to get Harvey back because the same thing is happening again in a different way. Falcone mm. is taking my husband from me. Right. He's taking my happiness from me. So if I eliminate this person off of the board, this person will stop ruining my life. So by by eliminating him and all of these people, I can get my husband back because he no longer has to spend all his time trying to hunt this guy down. Right. Although admittedly, spending an entire year doing it very theatrically doesn't seem like the most efficient way to do so, but <laughs> whatever. You know, yeah. you wouldn't have this this interesting movie if you didn't do it that way. It wouldn't be a Batman movie if it was just yeah, someone's just been rolling up on the mob. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I really enjoy about it, uh especially like kind of revisiting the story is like i always i i was always aware of the inf- like that the long halloween played a heavy influence on the dark knight film yeah it's so cool to see to actually like see pinpointed influences throughout this adaptation like that like really feed the nolan version of the dark knight like going into like, like even like even little things that are like almost one for one right like it's different characters, but like the whole, like, you know, like Batman revealing that he's under that SWAT outfit, like Gordon revealing he's under the SWAT outfit in the dark. Like those little things, like those are like the, the beats. Like he's like, I'm going to take this incredible beat from this story and use it in my own version. And like yeah. he, Nolan made his own incredible film and story. Well, you but, can even get like, you can even like zoom out slightly on that scene. Like, yes, that's like the, the micro, but the whole idea of the two of them using the prisoner as bait yeah. to draw out who they're looking to get and their ace in the hole being that one of them is undercover as one of the guys. Yeah. Like it's when so, you least expect it. It's great. Yeah. And that's like that's the thing. Like you know, like the but the adaptation from taking that that form, like the comic book gets a little bit more like, you know, over the top. Like it, it's like you don't see the whole plan being as like feasible, right? But I feel like with the with the movie, like what Nolan did was he ended up taking something like that and, and figuring out to manipulate it in really strong writing so that it does work on screen and like in a realist in a more realistic grounded setting and pulling it off, like entirely pulling it off. How do you pull it off in this case? You just you don't include Grundy. Like you just <laughs> you don't include this this undead character. Great. That's one simple way. But like yeah, the whole the prison of transport thing is great. The flipping like Having even though like we're, like we were already deep into it and two faces two face at this point flipping the coin to about to execute Maroni like that whole thing like there's just like all of the influences are there for the Dark Knight film and like it's so cool to just to go back and look at it especially one that I didn't even like I hadn't even considered back in the day but like the actual triangle of Gordon Batman and Dent like on the rooftop like like well, we're gonna like. You know, we have a uphill battle ahead of us, but like we're gonna fix this city, and then like all of that, like and failing, right? Like failing in so many ways, and like sure enough, in like the well, Dark Knight, Batman on a takes the fall, but in this, did they? I was say, did they? Did they fail? Because I felt very dissonant to me at the end of that movie when he goes, "Well, did we win or lose?" And Gordon's like, "Oh yeah, unequivocally, we won. Good guys win, bad guys lose." And I'm like, "What movie did you watch, Gordon?" Because no, the fuck you did not win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harvey Dent goes nuts. Like, uh, so many people died. Now, admittedly, almost all of them were really bad people. Uh But you allowed a vigilante to perpetrate premeditated murder 
repeatedly on your watch. Like, I know there's different versions of the Batman character where he gets to the point, like, you know, the Nolan version of Batman, he has a strict no-killing policy, right? Like, yep. that's his one rule. Whereas yeah. I know other I'm versions sorry, of the I'm sorry I broke your one rule, giant, giant bat. bat. <laughs> I, I know other versions of Batman, especially the older versions of him where he becomes more jaded, sometimes he crosses the line and kills people, or sometimes it's an accidental killing, whatever. But the point is, typically it's an accidental killing, or yeah. one person dies, he doesn't premeditate a fucking murder and that is a big difference between batman go crossing the line and going too far and killing someone and gilda premeditating and executing a plan that results in the execution of like 30 mobsters yeah those are not the same thing yeah yeah no, so not, not you not. won no you didn't you didn't capture the person who actually did it you let someone else take the fall so many people died on your watch like you did not win. What are you talking about? Like, you what? won in, like, your first plan was, we're going to take Falcone down. Everyone died on your watch. You wasted so many resources. You endangered so many civilians, so much property damage, so many police officers were in danger but was that because the, of your was plan. Was that the line, though? Because it's, I thought, the if I remember correctly, I thought Batman, as he asks a question, and then Two-Face says to Gordon, he wants to know if the good guys won, and Gordon says... It's going to be a long time before we know for sure. Or something like that. No, he says the good guys won. Huh. I, I think so. I think, I think, I don't know if it was Batman or Dent. One of them says something along the lines of like, it'll be a while until we know for sure. Or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 for, I forgot how it played out. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The good guy. It's, it's a, uh, I, I think the whole thing is like, it's ultimately like, it's a bot's job. Like, and it's, I think that's part of like the, I think that's part of what makes the story so good. It's like, at the end, like we, you know, some, no, I just didn't. I didn't know. like the sign off on that. Like, yeah, yeah like, if you want to say not, like yeah. this was amb- <laughs> this was ambiguous, where it's like, yes, we got the goal, but we fucked up so many things along the way. Bittersweet victory, mm-hmm. fine. They're like, yeah, no, we won, and it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is like the definition of a pyrrhic victory. I love though, like I like the again the influence on the Dark Knight, like of the finale, where it's like. In the Dark Knight, it's the more grounded thing. Like people already are have an issue with Batman. It's like so the the smart thing to do is make Batman take the fall. Like you know the hero Gotham needs, <laughs> but now, but like for Batman to take the fall so that Dent never shows becomes like the villain. Um, so that like but they de-emphasize can, that in this one. No, they 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 reverse it in in this one. Batman doesn't take the fall. Dent is going to jail as hard as yeah. Two Face. Like he is the bat. Like it's the complete opposite. But basically. They are, you know, Batman will continue to be like this, this symbol of justice and hope, but like Dent is getting turned in and it's like, it even, it makes it feel even darker, right? Like it's cause, because sure. like he really did succumb and become the villain and now everybody knows it. And it's like what that, the impact that'll have is that like, yeah, the good guys aren't going to win. Like that's basically the message that was given to the, to the community. Yeah, they will because Gordon said they won. <laughs> <laughs> well, but my sorry, my point was they, they de-emphasize the point of Dent being the White Knight. In fact, oh, yeah, yeah. fairly early on shows his Dude, true colors on that. What I do like with what they did with the difference with Dent in, in this versus like the Dark Knight, I did like that he's starting that before the acid is thrown in his face, he is already turning. Yeah, I think that's a really co- that's a really cool part of the character where like the the actual mutilation of him is just. It's basically just a physical representation of what's already happened to him. 
Yeah, well, it's just like the final straw, right? Yeah, and it's just, uh, I, I also think that it's really funny. I, I was thinking back on like The Dark Knight and like, it's pretty funny. Like it's it's a very close, it's very similar to the court scene in The Dark Knight where I, and it's like, oh, if I had been thinking about it at the time, like watching the movie for the first time, I should have expected that, oh, this is like, Dent's going to get the acid thrown on his face because this is the court scene. Like this is the scene. This is what's happened time and again, like in reiterations of this, like that's what happens. Well, coincidentally, in the Batman Forever one, right, where they show it in a news story, right, but he gets the yeah. acid thrown on his face in the courtroom. It covers half his face with the file. Yeah. Because that'll work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was like, but, you know, then it doesn't happen, right? They do something similar, I feel like, in this movie where it's the reverse, where the house explodes, and you're like, I, I forgot how this plays out in The Long Halloween when I watched the movie this time. And I was like, when the house explodes, it's like, oh, okay. So we go to the hospital. They're they're showing it clearly from like the one side. It's like, okay, so like that's that's what does it. When he turns, the dramatic reveal that he is fine. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by that too. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But also, uh, I'm I'm still very confused. Like going back to my point about like the good guys winning. Mm. Batman just lets her get away with it. Yeah, that's weird. Like I understand. Like if we want to have, because it's an incredibly tragic story, and mm-hmm. like. I uh, I empathize with the character. I I do. What she's been put through is unconscionable on like so many different levels. Yeah. And repeatedly and over a very long period of time and she's finally gotten her freedom from that abuse perpetrated by Falcone, which like for him to have so thoroughly and repeatedly ruined one person's life not intentionally. Mhm. Like, you know, there's all the times where there's unintended consequences, but like where he's just like, if it had just ended with the Alberto thing, that would have been horrendous enough. But then for him to indirectly have continued to ruin her life without like a second thought, not even realizing that was what was going on. Whereas like the first time where it's like, yeah, no, like I have nothing against you, but also like, shit's not going to go your way. Like it's understandable, like in his, like, again, not conscionable, but like understandable from his perspective, like why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. But, like, for him to continue to be ruining her life after she's totally out of the picture for him in any real or meaningful way is, like, and then for her to ultimately get to get her revenge, like, I can root for her in that and yet also feel like she should face justice because she takes the law into her hand and also killed so many people. So many. Yeah, like, Just all, so many. All, all terrible people. Don't get me wrong. But she perpetrated so many premeditated. You know, we talked about with, like, a couple weeks ago with the Yellowstone, like, unplanned ranch murder she she perpetrated so many premeditated planned yeah mob murders <laughs> yep that's yeah, pretty uh pretty intense <laughs> i uh i like i liked calendar man the portrayal also, of calendar to man. draw back to your connection of nolan versus long halloween connections voiced by david desmalchin who also yeah. plays a crazy person in the nolan batman that's right I I did one of my favorite scenes of with him. That, like, I love the Taco Tuesday scene. I think that was great. <laughs> uh, but I also really loved when he's like banging on the glass. And he's like, I meant heads. I meant heads. Because <laughs> Dead was that was great when you when you <laughs> they pan across all the cells. They're all empty except for his. <laughs> oh man, that was pretty good. The, I uh, did appreciate the different villains they incorporated here. They, mm-hmm. they didn't get all of them. They got a lot of them. Back to my intro. I'm. I gotta be honest. I really don't know anything about the Batman version of Solomon Grundy. Mm. 
it feels like a weird choice to choose him Born over Bane. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Bane would have been a perfect fit for that role mm. in this and is like a more relatable and recognizable Batman villain. Mm. Like, because yeah. they, they spend a lot of time with Grundy and don't explain in any way, shape, or form how he is what he is. Like, he's a zombie. I Yeah, I vaguely remember feeling the exact same way with my original um, exposure to the story. So it's just like, this is, I don't know what's going on here. I don't really get it. Like, they spent a weird amount of time on him to not get much resolution on that character. Yeah, I feel like there might be more to it, but I don't remember for sure. Um, Feed him some rats, you know? Yeah. But I liked, I was surprised to see the penguin show up at the end. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing Scarecrow and Poison Ivy. I was really confused by Poison Ivy at first when she shows up in the movie because I was like, I was certain that was a flashback. Because I think that's how they opened the second one, right? It is how they opened the second one, but it I is. Thought it was a, I thought it was a flashback. And There's a post credit scene in the first one, though. Was there? Yeah, where uh, Bruce Wayne is at the funeral for Alberto. Okay. And. Ivy is with Carmine and she shakes his hand and the vine extends and takes over. Oh, okay. That would have explained slightly. I mean, not like it took me very long to understand what was going on, but like it it felt like a flashback at first. And then did did you see this post credit scene for the second part? No, I actively looked for one and I didn't see one. It's very quick, but the doorbell rings (laughs) and Alfred answers it with candy and it's the Flash and Green Arrow. <laughs> no, I, I fast-forwarded in the credits, and I didn't see anything, so I turned uh, it off. Yeah. That's weird. I don't understand that's why funny. I didn't see that. But um, I didn't look for it in the first one, because I was just like, okay, well, the second movie is going to just be on, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But I did look for it in the second one. I didn't see one. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I did like that whole sequence. It was cool, like, Selena popping in and out, as she did throughout the story. I, I actually I kind of wish she'd been a more cohesive part of the story because like she's there a lot and I, I like the character. Yeah. I like this version of the character. Um, I, again, that was another one where like, they really like hinted at like beef that she had with Falcone. And then they just like, when they decide to like give that information, I was totally out of left. It's field, abrupt. Where it's like, for sure. it, yeah, it's super abrupt. Like again, it was like a good idea, but the execution is really weird. It's not like they didn't have time. It's yeah. three hours of content overall. Yeah, it's funny. They they changed that a little bit too. I I think um so like in this movie, in the movie Batman, well Bruce and Selina know each other's alter egos. In the original, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's heavily implied that Selina knows, but Bruce slash Batman doesn't. And Bruce and Selina are together in a like very romantic way. And the Catwoman always seems to be around. When I'm like listening in on what's going on, and it's like it's played up more that it's actually she's being protective of Bruce, who doesn't know that it's her. <laughs> it's like a weird okay. thing. But uh, this way, early on, this one almost actually looks like the opposite. Where it, yeah, like I was I was curious about that too, but then it is. turned out they both knew. Yeah, and again, that was kind of handled a little also bumpy, bunkily, but not not a big deal. But it's just kind of like a you guys are so close on so much of this. Why yeah. couldn't you just fucking bring it home? Like, mm-hmm. um. But I did like that relationship, ultimately, the, the kind of will they, won't they, and, and how that all went down, actually. That part of it was kind of good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I found their whole relationship compelling throughout all of it. Um, 
And, uh, I, you know, I think the characters were written to have decent chemistry. It's hard to say. It's weird to say something like, oh, they had good chemistry when it's an animated thing, yeah. right? As opposed to, like, real acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that, that whole inclusion of that character and, and how they chose to deploy her in this story I thought was pretty cool. Um, I, w- the one thing I was a little confused by, I mean, maybe I was a little tired while I was watching the second part last night, but I don't remember how Ivy and Scarecrow end up betraying Falcone for Dent. Did they talk about why they switched sides? Because um, both of them were very firmly working for Falcone. She was trying to steal all of Bruce Wayne's assets, which I didn't understand how and why that was happening in this part of the story. That was like a weird, almost non sequitur. Wait, who was trying to steal Bruce Wayne's assets? Falcone. He was trying to get Wayne Enterprises to launder money through it, I think. I mean, I know that all along he had been trying to get him to legitimize him, right? Because that was the whole thing, right? Yeah. That was the whole story, which that stuff was really good. Was cool. The mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne legitimizing Falcone and the, that whole Falcone and um, relationship with the Waynes and him as a young boy. And then, like, yeah, the reveal at the end, it was kind of almost like the the uh, other side of the coin to when, uh, you know, he talks to Gordon in The Dark Knight Rises, you know, sometimes it's as simple as uh, giving a young boy a coat and telling him everything's going to be okay. And like that reveal, right. Yeah. Where in this one, it's, you know, he says he, he gives them back the line of you get what you take or something like mm-hmm. that. And you see uh, Falcone registers in that last moment before he dies. That was a pretty he, great scene. That was uh, yeah. weirdly touching for like, you know, like this villain who the two of them really didn't have a ton of on-screen interaction uh, throughout the course of the movie. Um, but it was kind of touching to have that happen like that. I, I actually really liked that. Um, but it was, it, it was weird considering during his, like ber- it was his birthday party, right? Oh no, sorry. It was his, uh, they, that was a separate scene. It was the, um, the charity event that he had where Alberto does later on. On the in the, the party uh, on the boat, yeah, yeah, where he invites Bruce. Bruce wasn't planning on going. Alfred convinces him to go, mm-hmm. and he makes a big deal of mentioning him in his speech, putting the spotlight on him. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, that's before we get the flashback to learning about the young Bruce meeting the younger Falcone. Right. So that whole narrative arc was really cool the way that, that came out, but. The whole thing, right, was that in the light, he wants to show that we're doing these quote unquote good, legitimate things, even though he's also making use of it to launder his money. But he's doing a good thing as well. He's just poisoning it by doing the bad thing in the shadows behind Mm -hmm. it. But like that whole thing with him trying to just randomly steal all of the Wayne stuff out from under Bruce, like feels like it's out of left field and doesn't really fit with the rest of the story. I feel Not like that, that I wouldn't buy Falcone doing that in a vacuum, but like in this story, it didn't make a lot of sense. I think it makes sense only in that the. Uh, in the opening of the movie of the first part, it, like Bruce is basically like, this is never going to happen. And Falcone's, you know, you get what you take. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's, that's true. It's still, it, it seemed a little odd, but I think my it's, bigger it's issue, also so far apart. I feel like from that opening. And yeah. Like, I kind of forgot about it at yeah. that point. Like, yeah, like you're right. You are right. But it's like, it just, it didn't really mesh nicely. Like it, yeah. it's all there, I guess, but it didn't really mesh. But I, I was more concerned by like, or confused by clearly like poison ivy's working for him to steal the stuff from from Bruce yeah. and then he breaks he gets his daughter to break crane out right of the mm-hmm. arkham to help sow discord so he can try and do what he's trying to do and distract everyone while they're dealing with this holiday thing 
And I don't remember there being a scene where Dent gets them to come over to his side because all of a sudden the two of them are like his like at, top lieutenants. At that point, though, hadn't they all been returned to Arkham and Dent got them out? Was that what happened? I think did so. They catch, did they catch Crane I don't, and Ivy? I don't, I don't know that. if they... No, they do because um, Catwoman breaks helps Bruce break the, the, the spell. And yeah. he overcomes it. So I, I don't remember exactly what happens from there, but I could assume that he, she went to Arkham from that point. Okay, because they kind of played it off as like she like died almost in that scene because all the plants die. Yeah. I'm going to guess that that's what happened. That, but I don't remember them capturing Crane. Batman catches him at the... Um, remember they knock Batman out and they throw him on the, the, the cart and they take him to the, uh, they take him to the cemetery? Where they have to drop yeah. off the stuff, and Batman wakes up and breaks free, and he knocks mm-hmm. them both out. I, I yep. maybe that's enough information that they go back to Arkham from there. He got them. Like, oh, that's right. It was was it? It was Crane and the the Leprechaun, leprechaun that bring uh, him. Yeah, uh, the Mad Hatter. Is that what his name is? Yeah. I honestly, that's that is not a villain I was in any way, shape, or form familiar with. I was, in fact, I was I was doubly confused because we just watch the Eternals and the post credit scene, they have that Leprechaun character. It's oh like yeah, almost the exact same character. <laughs> so I had no idea that that's supposed to be the Mad Hatter. I don't think I've ever read. Mm. The name is familiar to me of like just being a Batman villain, but I've never actually seen a representation. So I got gotcha. like put two and two together there. Weirdly, I had just watched the episode, a couple episodes of the animated series that had that character in it. And I, I remember how they portrayed him in Gotham, which is pretty cool. But uh, Okay. I don't remember that character from the animated series. I may have seen that one, but I just don't remember that one. Sure. But, uh, yeah, that, 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 like, circling back to Selena and, like, the fact that she's part of the family, like, that, that whole thing, it is a cool story, but yes, again, clunky execution of the reveal. It's like that could have had real weight to it. And it's like, you just keep, like, you guys, it feels like they spent all this time laying at this really beautiful foundation. And then we're just like, Eh, just squirt some hot glue in the general direction of it, and it'll stand. Yeah. It's like, no! Yeah. What? <laughs> you guys have come so far. Why are you rushing at the point where just this much more attention yeah, to detail is going to like bit. really just push it a little tie further. it all together? It's like, what? I don't understand. Like, you, you built these beautiful logs that are perfectly like sawed and sanded. You're going to have this really sturdy square foundation <laughs> to like a really nice structure. And then you decided to like use paper clips to like oh cinch gosh. them together. It's yeah. like just a couple of deck screws is going to get the job done. I don't understand. Yeah. That's so it is. It's, it's a bizarre choice for sure. Yeah. Cause it's like, we honestly, like they could, they could have, I think you could probably cut half an hour out of this movie. I have these two movies easily. By just yeah. like speeding up a few sequences because there's a lot of just like slowly moving across the screen and delivering lines at a cadence that is irritating. <laughs> so like at times, <laughs> I mean, you know, Batman's always going to be a brooder. So like you you can you can excuse some empty space. Because yeah. Well, it, for like, me, it was it was more Carmine's delivery. I felt like it was always like, and there's nothing more important than family. Like okay, like I know, I know where you're going. Like, can you just get there, Jesus? I but no, instead they rushed. They rushed to like, I'm your daughter. They <laughs> smelled bad on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, for all for all of like the little 
the little nitpicky things like ultimately it's a it's a it's an entertaining like really influential batman story like this is the one like this is the this is what makes like the darker stories a thing like the darker stories that we've experienced that are good like the dark knight like i imagine i like the way that um the new batman that's coming out is going to play out i i feel like it's also probably going to draw from here at least as far as tone goes like it's it's heavy stuff there is an interesting they didn't put the riddler in the movie but in the comic there's kind of like this throwaway thing with him where he like gets in with Falcone and like pretends that he knows who holiday is. And he really has no idea. And Falcone just like fucking and throws him out. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's pretty I, great. I really liked the Joker's inclusion in this. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted like more of him, sure. but they probably used up all of him for like the actual utility of the character. Yeah. He got to have some good moments. I was a little disappointed to see it wasn't Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, um, I forgot who it was. Troy Baker. Already, but it, yeah, that name sounded familiar, but I didn't he's a he's a voice actor that he does a ton of stuff, ton of work. He actually yeah. he's done the Joker plenty of times. So like, and his version of the Joker sounds enough like the Hamill version of the Joker, mm. where like you can almost like I could tell it wasn't him, but it sounds enough like that version. Where it's which is funny that like at this point now, right? Like not even people doing takes on the Joker; it's people doing takes on Mark Hamill's version of the Joker. Right, it feels like yeah, because yeah, he for, was such a sure. definitive take on it. Also, I was kind of expecting it to be Kevin Conroy, and, and said it was Jensen Ackles. That that uh, yeah, I kind of wish it was Kevin Conroy. Also, <laughs> well, and that was like a bigger. There was actually a bigger disappointment to me because like Troy Baker did a good enough facsimile of the Hamill facsimile mm-hmm. of the Joker that it's like not jarring in that way. But it's like not that Jensen Ackles did a bad job. It's just like Kevin Conroy was such a singular version of the voice acted Batman, which yeah. obviously you are well reacquainted with yep. with watching the animated series. So so good. Uh, any more any more notes on this one? Um not really. I I, I liked some of the uh, action scenes I thought were kind of cool, which is yeah. is good even with this difference in art style. I I, I kind of liked some of what they did with with all that and um there were some cool visual choices I thought overall with like as far as like coloration tone, even though so much of it is like grayscale stuff. I I, sure. I did like when the color did pop, especially with some of the villains. I, I liked how it was that that contrast like showed up. I thought that visually that I know you didn't love the art style overall, but visually I thought a lot of this was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked it. Well, yeah, I, I should have. It's it was really more the the an, the animation movement than anything because I didn't mind the 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 actual. Um, archery style as much as the, okay. like, the jarringness of the move of the movement. But to your point about the coloration, like it is pretty cool. Like to consider like the old guard of the Gotham villains, the crime families, like the drab, like they're wearing their suits and they're all buttoned up. And it's like, no, it's like, we like we're, we're at the table. Like we're here. And then like yeah. the new age ones are all these, like it's like all these bright colors. It's like, all right, who is crazy? coming in the door right now <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and uh they're they're you know the rogues they're the new the, the new wave um it's it is kind of cool penguin was in the movie i feel like for like 30 seconds and i was like what is yeah. we, oh hello oh god what's going on up oh, shooting gas umbrella and we're done <laughs> yeah, like, where the fuck did he come from yeah. <laughs> he seems he seems very agitated with batman <laughs> <laughs> but uh good stuff cool well, 
That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie, movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespintune.com. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Abiel, so you know. Thanks for coming out. Manda Boba Fett watch. Boba Bobus Bobus feature Manda watch. <laughs> Bobus Manda. Bobus feature Fett. Bobus feature yeah, Fett. As intimated in uh, our sign off, we're into the Bobus feature Fett. We're ready for it. Even though it's as I, I think it was I'm gonna try and paraphrase slightly. So a tweet this morning. I woke up around six o'clock this morning. It was a tweet from about three in the morning, Eastern time. I think it would have been roughly midnight ish. West Coast time because I think that Anthony Mays of Cinephobe and other Count the Dings properties was stayed up late to watch. You know, he's been doing the I mentioned last week the the rule of two with mm-hmm. Amin where they break down each week's episode of um Book of Boba Fett. And he tweeted out after watching the episode um late last night, the book of anyone but Boba Fett. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it feels like Boba Fett is his own Boba's feature Fett in his own show at yeah. this point. I have to say, I guess I really don't care yeah, one it, way or the other. Because I've been fine overall with everything the show has done. Mm-hmm. I guess my biggest objection now is the name of the show. It yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. I kind of, I was talking about it with, with, um, with, with my friend Brian earlier today. And I said, you know... Just off the cuff, like anything, something like, you know, you could have called this like Star Wars, like Crime Lords or something like sure. that. Or like Star Wars. Like, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Star Wars syndicates or Star yeah. Wars, you know, gang warfare or something like that. You know, like it's not the book of Boba Fett. That's not yeah. what the show is. Like that's what the most of the first three or four episodes was. Yeah. But like. That's clearly not what the show is anymore, and like that's fine. It's just like the name doesn't make a lot of sense to me at this point. Yeah, it, it, I I agree. Um, I don't know why why that's the case, unless the, the idea being that like he's going to be so influential on the future of Tatooine and like how all the stuff is playing out that like ultimately he while he might not be in the spotlight of the story, the story revolves around the actions of the character. I guess the, I guess you could call it Star Wars Tatooine. Sure. Or some version of like Star Wars, you know, colon the, the fight twin for sons Tatooine or, or something. something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, like yeah, it, call it fucking call it call it fucking Star Wars Tatooine Nights. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's strange. like you know, <laughs> Tatooine Nights. It, it's it is a little odd. Uh, but again, like, kind of to your point, like, I don't. It's really just the title that bothers me because I don't care. Like, I don't need. I don't really need to see more of him because I actually love all of these other characters that we're focusing on. I love yeah, the Mandalorian. I, 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 I think, think you could have just exciting to I watch think, him. I think you could have just reoriented this entire show. You could have more or less kept. I mean, I think you could have streamlined some of what was in the first four episodes, but like you could keep most of that content and still work it in in whatever way. I. So what happened? Do they want to do a, a movie or a miniseries? And it's like, yeah, hey, we'll just make a show. And it's like, well, we don't really have enough for a whole show. So we'll just tack it on. To, like, it's so mm-hmm. odd how it's all like. The component parts are all fine. Yeah. How they've chosen to name it and combine it is very confusing to me. I guess it again, it really doesn't matter because 
when they've reached the finish line here, like I'll have been fine with all of the things they wanted to tell me. It's just like it's it is disjointed. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a I, although it could have been the Mandalorian, back, the Book of Boba Fett, Part One, and like Part Two and Part me. Three, and then the rest of it is back to being Season Three of the Mandalorian. <laughs> or how about this? Star Wars Mandalorians, assorted Mandalorians, because you have time with Mando, you have time with the Death Watch, yeah, Mandalorians, you have time with this fake Mandalorian and Mandalorian armor, like whatever, right? Like yeah. you know, it, fine. Like you know, we're getting like, and then you do chapter one, and it's the Book of Boba Fett. Chapter two, the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like, or and then like the Star final Wars bounty hunters. Sure. Fine, great. Yeah, especially now that we're you got a bunch of them in the show. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, yeah, that again, that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. You could have made it the fucking book of bounty hunting. Right. Um. Uh, the one thing, the one thing I'll push back. I've seen some like criticism is like you know, oh, like Boba Fett's been like sidelined for a lesser character or for a secondary character. It's like, do you remember this other show called The Mandalorian? Because. The last I checked, everyone's in love with Grogu, not the Mandalorian. Like Mandalorian's great and all. We all love fair. him. That's fair. You know who we love more? His sidekick. Yeah. And what did we get in this episode? We got Grogu stealing the show again, doing crazy flips, getting tired of this shit, and breaking the droid thing <laughs> and shooting at him. <laughs> <laughs> Which, weirdly, Luke complimented. Yeah, he's a like, good job. I was like, ah, I feel like that was a little bit I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this is going to be... I was like, this is going to be, like, the last shred of proof that Luke needs to be, like, to do his own version of Yoda. Like, he's too old. Yeah. He's impatient. I can't train him. But yeah. it's like, he's like, ah. I actually kind of appreciated it. I don't know if he was trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. But, like, it felt like Luke was trying to kind of be like, okay, I mean, like, the idea is to dodge the thing and disarm it. And you chose to destroy the ever-living fuck out of it. And, yeah. like, you didn't crush someone's skull. You destroyed a droid. Fair enough. What, what happened right after that? Did he lay down because it was too much? I think he just took a nap. Is that what the, okay, I was just curious. We've seen Grogu get tired after ex- exertion before, so yeah. I think... Now, weird that he chose on top of a rock in the middle of a stream. Sure. But, um, and also weird that Luke took that opportunity to say, I don't think his heart's in it. Like, no, the little guy's tired. He needs to eat some frogs, okay? Yeah, give him, give him a goddamn frog. Uh, like, you're right, maybe his heart's not in it, but that's not the proof of it. When Luke lifted all those frogs, though, Grogu was like, holy shit, look at this buffet. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I've been playing check- checkers, and he's been playing 3D chess. Yeah. I've been hunting one frog. He snapped his fingers in all of the frogs. <laughs> oh, man. I'm I'm glad that we finally got to see the little uh, Beskar chainmail that we made for Grogu. Yes. I mean, I guess we've all assumed all along that's what it is. Yeah. It's his own little version of the, the Code of Mithril from, for Frodo. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I also, I also really don't understand, again, why that's the hill that Luke's choosing to die on here. You yeah. can have this ar- armor or this lightsaber. Like, I could have understood if it's like Grogu sensed the Mandalorian there, and he's like, you can either go see Din or you can stay with me. That would have made sense to me. Like, you could say, you know what? This is too much of an attachment to you. If you want it now, you got to leave. If you're willing to hang on later, you get it eventually. Plus, you're just giving him Yoda's lightsaber, which I understand because it's perfect for his tiny little hands. But on the other hand, part of your journey on becoming a Jedi is to construct your own lightsaber. So ultimately, unless he's going to dual wield like Ahsoka does, and one of them will be passing on the legacy of Yoda, and the other one will be the one he forges, and that's fine, Mm -hmm. you know, but... A little yeah. weird. I also like, you know, let's not forget, Luke, like, you know, you kind of abandoned your training for a minute. So, like, maybe just give him the goddamn chainmail, too. Like, it's fine. Yeah. 
It's awesome. Like I, we can say, listen, you're you just jealous. Eventually. Really. Well, and also this, I guess part of this is also probably to show how and why Luke ultimately fails as a teacher. Because hmm. he's a being an he, he, No, he's being it. He, Yoda said too impatient, too headstrong. Yeah. You're getting like tired and impatient of teaching him after like six days when he clearly has Jedi PTSD. Yeah. That was because a pretty intense. It was. It was great. Order 66 flashback. It was great because we finally understand why he's so messed up in the head and also like showing the unintended consequences. Luke is like, hey, you want to remember like whatever planet where wherever your species is from, which we don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And oh, no, you witnessed the murder of all of your masters and you were the equivalent of a baby at the time because now you're basically the equivalent of a toddler. Um, And that's cool how that all showed like. Even like all powerful at the moment, Luke can't even get that part right, and right. or and or Luke underestimated how messed up and traumatized that Grogu is, and so this should be really to him. And instead, he's like, "It's him or me." It's like, "Whoa, dude! Like, can we spend a few more? I don't know, months training before we get to these sorts of ultimatums?" Yeah, before we turn into a really codependent lover. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> what What's your rush, Luke? Like, I get that you want to set up a teaching a training temple and you want to train a bunch of students and like, you got to go find your next couple of students, but like the structure isn't built yet. You've just decided to undertake this endeavor like six seconds ago. Right. Could you spend some time with the kid before you decide to boot him out on his ass because he didn't do exactly what you wanted him to do. I mean, I'm really hoping that it's some future episode. We just see Grogu come flipping in with a lightsaber and the chain mail. <laughs> also, I got to say it was hilarious when I thought, Grogu was doing little force leaps himself, and then I realized that Luke oh, yeah. was throwing him down the path. That was awesome. Every... <laughs> I was dying laughing with that. He's just like throwing him ten feet and throwing him ten feet, and Grogu was having the absolute time of his yeah. life. Absolutely. Gave me gave us some good chuckles there, for sure. Uh we did get to see the character whose name is escaping me, um from the second season of The Mandalorian. The what the hell is his name? The 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 marshal, Cobb Vanth. We got to see that that guy again. Well, it's it's funny because, like, I really didn't expect to see him in the show just because I didn't think Timothy Oliphant would show back up. And then we showed up. I'm like, well, duh, they're on Tatooine. Of course he would be back. Sure. Like, especially when we're like doing the montage. Like, I'm an idiot. Why didn't I think of this? Like, I liked the throwaway line of like. How are you doing without your are like what how has it been without your I've been like more careful or something like that. <laughs> that, was, that got me that got a little chuckle. Also, kind of a funny barb to show you how much it hurts him to lose the armor because he's like, Oh, uh, how are you doing without the armor? And he goes, About as well as you're doing without your little green friend, and it's like, dude, too soon. <laughs> looks like we're both missing things that we really enjoy. Yeah. It's like not the same. Yeah. You had armor, he had a, a son. A son. <laughs> Oh man, what was the line that he it's, says it's, to him in the bar it's, too? It's like you being like, "Oh my, like my father died," and you'd be like, "Yeah, I got a flat tire on my car." Like, turns out both things that are important to us didn't yeah. go exactly how we wanted. It's like Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the what was what was the line in the in the in the bar when he was like, "You could say anything with that smile," or something? <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, man, you you could get away with anything with that charming smile. I love that. Yours. <laughs> Okay. Now he's not dead, right? Because like they didn't. I feel like they didn't really. I'm gonna to assume. It. I'm gonna assume no. Also, I know you never finished the show, mm-hmm. 
But did you get the proper tingles when Cad Bane walked in from the desert? Yeah. Good, because that's a fuck yeah moment. That's a as fan servicey as it is, and everyone has been screaming for it for years now since the Clone Wars original ending had happened. To get a live action Cad Bane finally. People have been wanting him to get his own spin-off show. Mm. And, and to get it's back. It's a really the, badass like character model too. Yeah, and when well, he's a badass character, yeah. and to get back the original voice actor too was great because uh, he's got such a distinctive voice too, yeah. uh, and obviously it's heavily modulated, but just like the cadence and and that sound and the look ended up being good because you always got to wonder with like weird alien characters in an animated show, how do they show up in live action? Do mm. they look good? Because sometimes they look cheesy or they're too CGI or whatever, and I think they they probably balanced some CGI and practical like makeup and all that. To see him walking in from a distance at first, I was really confused. I was like, now who the fuck is this? He starts getting closer, and I'm like, at first, the way he was walking in, it kind of reminded me of the way Mando walked in from some stuff. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would he be back like <laughs> that in this way? I'm very confused. And then he gets a little closer, and you see that he's wearing a hat. And mm. I was like, no fucking way. Is this how they bring back Cad Bane? And then you see him, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I was like, fucking finally. This is the perfect way to bring him back. That, that was really cool. I love. I did love the commitment to the Western style, especially like the dueling on the street aspect of it. Well, they named the episode A Desert Walks In From, or A Stranger Walks In From the Desert or something like that. <laughs> yeah. a, a Desert Walks In a From the Stranger. <laughs> Uh, the the only thing that bothered me was the clunkiness of the execution where like it wasn't fast enough for it to have gone down the way that it went down what do you mean like the timothy oliphant character has his hand he's like ready to roll the cad bane character's got his he's ready to roll and like the deputy is off to the side and he's like got his gun drawn yet timothy oliphant gets shot first then there's a turn to the deputy there's a freeze and then the deputy is shot a bunch of times. It's like, the deputy should have already fired. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it just shows you how shitty of a deputy he was. Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess it also shows like how like um, inexperienced he was. Because he doesn't actually draw the gun, if, if I, I think. I didn't watch rewatch the scene. But what happens is, they all three of them... Sorry. Cad and Cobb have their hands ready to draw. Yeah. And what's-his-name is twitching getting ready to draw mm-hmm. and he reaches and he fumbles at the holster. Oh, is that what happened? Did he fumble it? And and he doesn't get the gun out of the holster in the first move. So Cad draws, shoots Cobb, and by the time he turns, the guy is now bringing the gun out okay, and he shoots him. Okay, okay, I got you. Which, I, I, su- I, still I super missed... embarrassing that Cad had time to shoot, turn, evaluate, shoot, yeah. before you even brought the gun to bear. Because it's, again, I think he, I think he was, he had the gun out at that point, but he froze because okay. he was terrified. Gotcha. That's fine. So I agree. But like, it's like, I will say from the, from the minute that he, that deputy was on screen, like he has like one line. I'm like, Oh, you're not making it out of this episode. Yeah. That's walking dead one-on-one. I know. Yeah. But uh, it's, well, the funny thing was once Cad shows up and you makes it clear that this is going to end in a fight, which, cause at first I thought it was going to end with a, does Cobb do the right thing or not? Like, you know, he's going to do the right thing, but like, I assumed the, everyone was going to survive this encounter. And mm-hmm. then, Something was gonna happen early on in the next sure. episode, maybe. Like, what? Not that I'm, I have a problem with the way it went down. I, that's just my first um, inclination watching the scene. And then when it gets clear that the two of them are gonna draw down here on each other, I'm like, well, they ain't gonna introduce Cad Bane and have him get killed in two seconds, unless they want to have some commentary on 
Boba Fett, where Boba Fett looks cool and gets punked immediately in Return of the Jedi, mm. where like, oh, you guys finally got what you want. No, fuck you. Cad Bane gets got by Cobb Vanth, who we already already seen is like good on the draw, right? Yeah. And then as I'm thinking that thought, I'm like, oh fuck, are they going to kill up Cobb here? Because that's a great way to reintroduce Cad. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, I'm weighing back and forth. Okay. So Timothy Oliphant showed up to shoot for probably one day for this episode, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's in like two scenes, not super long. Maybe it's two days of work. I don't know. I wasn't even really hundred percent expecting to be here. I was like, but it still doesn't necessarily make sense to kill him off because like, why waste all of that time trying to get Mando to get him to show up? Like, I feel like Cobb has to survive. He may not be able to take part in the fight in mm-hmm. the next episode, but like there has to be him surviving and communicating with Din to let him know like things yeah. aren't the way that you think it's going to be. Ultimately, like him getting shot in the street is going to be enough information. And like it being because of this whole syndicate shit that's going down is going to be enough to get them to band up and, and be soldiers for the upcoming war, which is great. I will say like by, by not fully addressing whether or not he's dead is that they absolutely got to have their cake and eat it too. Like, mm-hmm. because they're going to let you, now you get to linger for a week and be like, okay, so what, how are you going to play this out? Um, yeah. So good, good on them. I, well, we got, we got like a, a 30 seconds of Boba Fett. You know, I heard, and I left, because uh, I've been watching the episode and then, and then reading right after the uh, Alan Seppenwall recaps. Not because I like miss anything, but like he has some interesting notes and nuggets on like stuff because he got advanced screener stuff mm-hmm. on it. Like whether it be, an actor or actress I didn't recognize, or maybe information backstory on like a planet or something like that. And so I I just found it informative before we come in here to talk about this stuff, just to get some of that refocusing stuff. Yeah. And some of it's just like behind the scenes stuff that is like a curiosity. It's not worth bringing up, but um, I, I, sorry, I I forgot the original question. I went off on that tangent. What what did you say? Like 30 seconds of Boba Fett. Oh yeah. Sorry. That's what it is. Yeah. So he says Boba doesn't even have a single line. Is that true? Did he, I thought he had one line. Did he have zero lines? Now, now I'm second guessing it. No, Finnick was that's, was actually laying out the plan, and he gives a nod to Vando, and that's about it, right? She was running the meeting for sure. I don't know why. I, I in my recollection, I thought he had literally one line, but he may have had zero lines. So, thinking about that, if he didn't have any lines, the idea maybe they are nailing it by calling this the Book of Boba Fett, and he is just what he's always been—a presence. Presence outside to his. Now listen, maybe they're just saving up for the finale. If he doesn't ride the goddamn rancor in the finale, I would be so upset. Oh, absolutely, he's got to. He's got to. You know, also I wanna... or either that or Grogu does. Somebody's riding the rancor. <laughs> also, I want to see Chris Anton like redeem himself. Yeah, because me too. I'm still upset by that piss poor display. Not that I wanted to see him win the fight, but like, if you introduce me a badass Wookiee, I want to see him do badass shit. Yeah, you know, you know what was crazy. I, I agree with you on that. I just think, sorry, it just popped to my head. Like, we got this movie was like a Western and a mob movie at the same time. Like, we got the mob hit on the casino, like, <laughs> within yeah. the same. Like, that was that was pretty intense, too. But yes, back to the Wookiee. I would like to see him actually do something, too. And yeah, the, the, the back half of this season is heavily loaded with um, better effects. So maybe we are going to get a little bit more choreography and whatnot in the next. I bet you we we've been assuming this whole time that we're saving up for a big the big battle 
Yeah. Which also, I will say, you know, it was obvious how cheap they went in the first several episodes. They also kept it pretty tightly under wraps. The fact that two episodes were going to be straight up Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. They used that budget last week. They use that budget this week. Yeah, they Big did, time. Really did. Like, you know, between using a lot of force stuff in this one, all the cool stuff that they showed us in the last one with the with space stuff and that that ring and um, and uh, the fighter jet stuff, all that has been really cool. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get a big conflagration in this final battle here. Or maybe it's going to be super <laughs> anticlimactic as kind of a, just a change of pace or whatever. But this was the the Filoni episode he yeah. directed this him and Favreau wrote it. So that's cool. I don't remember. I think they're doing the finale as well, but I could be misremembering cool. that. Um, Cause last week was Bryce Dallas Howard who directed it for sure. Yeah. I don't, I know Favreau at least co-writes every episode, but yeah, um, I think Filoni gets the last two episodes. So cool. I checked out to see, I couldn't remember. I know. I remember hearing something last week. I don't remember if it was something we discussed, but something about a, a big post credit thing. I didn't see it at the end of this one. Did you see one? No, I couldn't remember if it said it was one of the next two weeks or if it was definitely the last week. So I guess it'll be next week. Yeah, I, I fast forwarded too to see if there's anything, and I didn't see. Anything. I did too, and I like eventually it came to like the like the foreign credits. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it wasn't after that, and I turned it off. So. Well, yeah, when when Disney Plus minimizes the window, you know there's nothing left. Okay. Um. But I'm excited. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. I've been really enjoying getting um, a two episode season three of The Mandalorian. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It was this just one of those things where it's like we know it's going to be a while because of schedules and pandemic and all that we get to The Mandalorian that we're just going to Trojan horse the Book of Boba Fett with that so that we can give the people what the bit like the taste of what they want. But like I, I was still anticipating getting the new season of Mandalorian at the end of this year. So, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong to think that, but I don't know. Or, you know, maybe it started because they're starting to blend the lines about like the storylines and them overlapping. Maybe it is going to become something else. Some other title. Which I'm fine with it all being interconnected. But again, it just raises questions about the naming convention. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird for sure. Well, tune in next week for the finale of the Boba's Feature Fat. Yeah.